One, two, one, two, in the place to be. My name is Omano Stage, and that's Spoonie D. We got a guest today, and his name is Buser. Rockin' Fresh Talk. It's time to get loose. That was nice, man. Wow. Thanks, man. Nice flow. Yeah, yeah, a little 80s kind of hip hop where mm-hmm. everything was very clean and classy mm-hmm. before guys started talking about. I was thinking pussy, but I mean, you, you, you go wherever you want with that. I was going to the other side of the road. That's <laughs> on the nice. That's the 90s. Start <laughs> you live over on that other side of the road, though, so it's home for you, you know? That's a good chapter, like, you know, before everybody started rapping about dicks. Oh, wow. Oh, anyway. Hey, Dan. Chris. Welcome to Fresh Talk. Thank you. And that's not a joke. We have a guest today. Owen's in the house. That's hey, true. What's friends? up, Hughes? Yeah. Hello. We got, we got we, for part three of the Get Happy recap that never will end. Yeah. We'll be doing these recaps <laughs> till the next Get Happy. Oh, God. You know? um, uh, we decided to bring in a special Get Happy guest. Minute, where we t- break down a minute by minute by minute of we every got, day. <laughs> we got happy. Yeah, that's well, between four and 401. Yeah. I went outside and found a pasty. You know. yeah. um, I was in my And home. that's not a British person either. Yeah. Totally. totally. <laughs> or a women's Or it is. Arm. Maybe it is. Yeah. Pierce designed a G string. Here in a shop. Ginsta. Pierce designed a G string. Ginsta. Oh, wow. I didn't mean to make a cry. <laughs> Oh, well, yes, we're here to talk some more Get Happy, but before we get into the final recap, Dan, where we're going over the last three shows, yeah. if you just popped to the podcast, if you are new and you want to get the recap on the wonderful Get Happy tour that we did, literally, we went show by show. So, two episodes ago, we did the first three, which were Glasgow and Newcastle. Chef. Episode 137. Boom. And then we did Nottingham, Birmingham, and Norwich. 138. And now, 139. We're no. going to talk about the... Le- yeah, 139. Sorry. 139. <laughs> we didn't do that yet. We're going to talk about the last three shows, the biggies, the, the biggest one. shows of the tour. But, but really quick, let's go around the horn real fast because we do have a special guest with us today. And just so people know, we're recording this at a weird time. It's Saturday afternoon. Yep. Almost. Um, and normally it's evening. We finally have some sunshine because in Ventura, what we've been experiencing is something really fucked up. Called rain. Yeah, we don't get much of it. But apparently now rain is dangerous and scary. Do you remember last year when it was just rain? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You work with the school district in a sense. Discuss what's been occurring. I mean, you know, we've talked about the fire and the terrible mudslide. But this week, because of everything that's happened, what happened this week? Uh, Well, they closed a few schools. So the, the Pineapple Express is a weather phenomenon where the warm air comes up from... Hawaii and it meets the cooler air from up north and it directs a funnel of moisture towards not just Southern comedy. California. It's not just a weed <laughs> comedy. It's an actual weather phenomenon. It happens every so often and we were supposed to get a shit ton of rain here and we kind of did. Not nearly as much as they expected but because we're in a recent burn area, you might remember from a few episodes ago where we talked about the insanity of the Thomas fire. Devastating fire. Devastating fire and then the subsequent devastating flood up in Montecito. Yeah. We're, Everybody we're 20 people lost their lives. Yeah, it's very which sad. Which is only 20 minutes from where we live. Yeah, it's not far at all. Uh, and we had the same bird damage on our hillsides as well. Um, everybody was really freaked out, rightfully so, about a lot of mudslides happening because of the recent fire Again. damage. Again. Again. Um, so, so the precautions <laughs> were bizarre for me for a rainstorm. I mean, Oh, yeah. You know. Like evacuation notices mm-hmm. and... Yeah, just so Montecito was evacuated. That was a mandatory evacuation. Yeah. Virtually the whole city. Virtually the whole city. Parts of Santa Barbara, uh, uh, Casita Springs, which is a little bit inland of here on the way to Ojai, mandatory evacuation. Mm-hmm. Parts of Oakview were voluntary. The end of my street, the end of my neighborhood that abuts the hillside, was a voluntary evacuation okay, right. zone. Wow. So 
Yeah, I was in voluntary evac yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah, you guys were too. Yeah, my parents, yeah. yeah, any anywhere near a hillside was was voluntary, voluntary. evacuation. Yeah, yeah. not mandatory. They don't want to take any because yeah. of the loss of life. If something horrible happens, yeah. they want to say, "Hey, we did give people the and, option." And this is like, "Hey, get ready." So super preempt because of what happened with the Thomas fire, and we talked about that in that episode. Jet, you know, we woke up and we're like, oh, fuck, let's get at it. I got to get at it. So we, we weren't prepared to evacuate at all. So it was a scramble. So this time we're like, you know what? Let's just pack up the car, get the go bag, get some food for the dogs and just be ready. Be ready wow. to go. So yeah. I yeah. had you two on a flat. Yeah, I didn't do much, though, because I felt like it, I didn't feel like there's going to be enough rainfall consistently yeah. to actually push. The hillside. Down. I didn't either, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be caught yeah, in the pants no, down it's, again. It's fine. So, I, you, this neighborhood where we are right now is is. I mean, like, obviously the hills right there, but I yeah. feel like your house isn't close to it. You're not at the it's bottom not. of the. It's hill. not. There's about four rows of houses between yeah. my house and the hillside. But could you imagine what type of devastation it would take to get to you? Well, I mean, look at Montecito. A lot, you know? but it's a good call. Mud that, that was a that big area. You're yeah. real, you know, I yeah. take it back. You're 100. Right. Mud is really fucking heavy. Yeah, and when it and starts sliding down the hill, like if it's heavy enough, ain't no Rosa House is going to stop it. Yeah, actually, yeah. where I'm at is where uh, someone lost their life last time. There's a mudslide Damn. on that hill. Wow, really? Not in my place, but like literally a couple houses hmm. away from me is where a wo- woman was asleep and got buried. No shit. Yeah. So basically, so, the long and short of this, if you don't live in this area and you're listening to this, or which is pretty much anybody that's listening to it, um, <laughs> uh, it's, yep. it, it, it's uh, except for Patty. Rain now is dangerous where we live. It's become mm. because of the fire and the because of the fu- of well, and, and the volume of rain that we were projected to get. Uh-huh. We were in Ventura supposed to get about six inches of rain from this one storm lasting about two and a half to three days. That's a lot. For California and Southern California in one concentrated amount of time. The normal amount of rainfall wouldn't be a problem, but it was like, hey, this is, could be a lot of rain. Yeah. That's why people were so freaked out. And I always tell people Ventura, to me, is one of the best places in the United States to live. And I stand by that for a lot of different reasons, from yeah. the beach to the weather to the climate to the art scene to the fact it's not super populated. Um, and now I'm like, well... You may die. You yeah. know? So it kind of like, you know, like, you know, normally it, where it I rains, mean, it's not scary. And it was weird. Like my phone would went off at least three times. Mm-hmm. Flash flood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all anybody talked about. The freaking high school closed. Yeah. So they like, closed. There's they a never close a high school. They'll close all the elementary schools. Yeah. But like high school, it's like, well, they're teenagers. Fuck them. You know, but well, all the schools that are near the hillside were closed for mudslides. Taking no chances. Taking no chances. As they should. Because yep. those people died oh on a CETO. And I think that threw a lot. Of people naturally for a loop. I mean, they didn't expect that type of death. Well, and you know, the, there was a. I don't know if we talked about it at the time. Ventura launched a website kind of back around that time called VC Emergency, and it was kind of just getting off the ground. VenturaRocks.com. Yes. Hey, Pam. <laughs> they still rock. Uh, Shut up. Shout out to VCRocks.com. Ventura Rocks. Ventura Rocks. Well, them too. She keeps it real. God love her, man. Yeah, yeah she's. She they got a band list and everything. It's cool. She holds down that scene. Like I no still other. look at that site to see what's happening. Yeah. If I if I want to know, well what's, updated. Yeah. You know, every night. Is it? Because eight stop seven says they're still in town here. <laughs> oh, I, but the bar, the sidebar with all the listings of shows is active. Okay, and, fair enough. And rocking. Yeah. So the county has this emergency website where you should you were supposed to be able to go to get emergency emergency information during a disaster mm-hmm. and the website basically got knocked offline in the thomas fire and it didn't have a lot of information and it was kind of a clusterfuck and They've everybody made, went to this guy on twitter 
everybody went to VC Scanner, which yeah. uh, it's just a dude. It's just a guy on Twitter that's monitoring the scanners and like trying to post helpful information. And apparently, he has some type of. Uh, I don't want to say ailment, but some type of medical condition. Mm -hmm. So he actually like kind of lives at home and sort of does it full time, which is kind of crazy. Again, some of that may be a little bit of a speculation. Says the pod. Says the podcaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where's the ham radio? Podcast anywhere, Jamie. Where's the ham radio? Abuse. (laughs) Damn you for killing my expressive nature. It's (laughs) it's funny. I'm trying to. Be funny. Try hard. Try to be funny. And re- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so everybody got their news from a dude on Twitter. Yeah. And he became like almost like locally famous yep. because he was just on the scanners throwing stuff out and the main sites weren't. So at any rate, we had this really weird week. The sun is shining today. The sun was shining yep. yesterday. It's back to what Southern California should look like in the freaking spring. Yeah. But it's just been weird. It has been weird times with this weather. And uh, just even I had to drive down to L.A. the other day and there's just car accidents. It was like, remember yeah. when we went to China? Yeah. Oh, my God. Baffled at how many fender benders there were. We were going down this highway on some holiday and like every two miles there was a fender bender. It's kind of how it looked like on the 101. It was a mess. It was a mess. I'll tell you, China has come up in conversation probably like 10 times in the last month for me. Really? For various reasons. Food, uh, like you said, traffic, like just... China's weird because it's a place like... I look at Japan and say, I'm going to go there again someday. Like yeah. God willing, we get to go there as a band. That would be the, the dream. But even if I go like on vacation with family or something, I feel like I will be in Japan again before I die. China, I kind of feel like... I'll probably never go there mm. again. So it was really cool to have that. Ex- like China to me almost seems more of a, that was more of a mystical tour. It was so bizarre and yeah. weird and wild. Japan was like, this is just awesome. China was like, could something bad happen? Yeah. No, I feel like I could do it now. But the, the whole time since we were in China till now, I've been out on yeah. wanting to go back. But yeah. I feel no, like I don't have I've a desire up. to go yeah, back. Yeah, 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 but I'll just never forget coming off that airplane. And we, uh, God, we should tell Dan one of these days. Make a mental note that we do an episode on the China tour. Okay. I bet a lot of people, a lot of our friends and fans, don't know the details of that we always talk about Japan because yeah. all the cool things that yeah. happen. But that China tour, there's is, a lot that happened. It was a hell of a story. Like I mean, hot pots and Hello Kitty. Oh, and yeah. Remember, not we were told not eating because there's the a world where you could get yeah. off the plane and be sent back on the plane. Yep. Like, we were sort of illegally rocking there. Like, they're just like, <laughs> just say you're tourists that like to practice your instruments. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We've got, like, like all this gear and bags of shirts and, like, hi, I'm here to jam. It was Did I so tell weird. you about the one guy on this tour in the UK? I, had, I'm, I don't remember his name, but he said, I thought you didn't come back to the UK for a while because you alienated your fans and they all said no because you went to China like a communist country you told me that I forget isn't that crazy so yeah Yeah. that was the guy's impression I thought you didn't come back to the UK because you you know I mean did he know we were there with a band from the UK (laughs) (laughs) he didn't know any details God love the guy whoever he may be it's cool that he would even think that but that's insanity that's just like I saw you wearing tight shirts, and I figured you were damaged circulatory, and therefore you weren't allowed to fly on. Kind of nuts, anymore. though. It was like, what are you talking about, bro? It's a weird way to go, but I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, like, I was like, that's not it. Yeah, this isn't 1972. <laughs> it's like we didn't beat Richard Nixon to the Great Wall. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, anyway. although we should have. Yeah, totally. Well, gentlemen, let's let's. Um, with that said, uh, it's been a weird time. Like I was talking about, the crazy week that we had, almost being under like constant threat of rain. Um, Dan, anything else going on with you of interest or excitement since we last? 
chatted? What you been up to? No, just been hanging, working, trying to weather the storm, as it were. Uh, yeah, we made it through it, so it's just yeah. been life as usual. Are we going to get some good sunshine for a while now? Um, back in the mix. Is last I gone? heard, there might be more next weekend, but that's you know it's so far out that can change at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So. Yeah. What you been up to, Owen, since you got back from tour? Uh, same deal. Just working. Get back in the mix. Getting back in the mix. Um, How soon did you go back to work? We talked about that. Um, we came back. I did on take a, an extra day. We came back time. on a Sunday. Yeah. And what day did you go back to work? Tuesday. Nice. Nice. Just so I, I just took one day, but I wish I had taken two days. Cause yeah, right. Because when I went back on Tuesday, I was like a little space, space land oh, a little bit. Wow, yeah. yeah. Um, Dan and I discussed it. This was the single best tour for me um, with jet lag coming back that I've ever had. It was a miracle. I was basically on a normal schedule. I went to sleep a little early and woke up a little early, but I did not have any naps or weirdness or funkiness. Were you... Did you have a good flight? My... my, my here's... <laughs> Here's what I figured out. Because I went to bed a little bit earlier than the bulk of people on the mm. tour, my hours were different than you guys. So, so I assumed you would have more trouble. It was it was it was uh, more difficult for me coming back. Yes, okay. because of that. Yeah. So if I was up till four a.m., then I would start to feel tired here around like eight or eight or nine p.m. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. But because I was going to sleep at twelve or one, I was starting to feel it like you know three to five. It's range. fascinating how there is a science so, to it because Dan yeah. and I talked about it. Uh, so I, I was a real late guy. Dan was a real late guy. Almost yep. everybody was, but you. You were going to sleep around twelve one. I had to. I had to keep my vocals True. intact. So you would go sleep around 12, 1, and everybody else was probably going out like around 3, 4. Well, that's where I started, but by the end of the tour, it was like 4 a.m. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even want that, but I was waking up yeah. so late, too. It was just like, but yeah. it was okay when I got back. When yeah. I got back. And, and the, the catch, too, is we talked about the damn weather was so miserable and cold over there. It wasn't like going over there and saying, man, I want to wake up a little early to see a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it was just horrendous. I mean, we talked extensively about some of the bad you, weather we got. Was it really that bad? I think that for I me, was so cold. for me, I thought it was the one way better than the tour we did with like Koopa. That was like the worst weather we ever had in the UK. We happened to go over there quite a bit during like in the winter old season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the that winter, was the worst for me. I mean, <clears throat> God, you remember how I don't want to say fun, but I remember the. Uh, the uh, Good to Go tour with Punchline and Weedis yep. and Lars, and we were there just spring had just started. It was like May. Do you remember that? And yeah, it was just it was gorgeous. Beautiful. I remember waking up and being like, I'm going to walk around and see stuff and do stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, the well, time, then we went to Germany and did all that. Yeah, you do that in February over there. You're just like, fuck this, I'm staying on the bus. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I'll go in a nice warm club. And then you go in the club and like, Jesus Christ, it's cold in here. You know, <laughs> it was cold. Um, anyway, yes, next, it was. Uh, let's get down to brass tacks, guys. Why we're here to, to wrap up the Get Happy recap. It was so epic of a tour. It was so awesome. It was so great that it took us three podcasts to go over nine shows. That's true. So as people know who went to the tour or to understand, um, this was a short tour. It was only nine shows. And the idea was to make the last three shows significantly bigger venues than the first six. And the idea was to basically do less shows instead of. Bowling for Soup going over there and doing 15, 16 dates like maybe they normally would. I think they usually do like anywhere from like 12 to even 18 shows. Um, They wanted to do less shows and do bigger venues and bring more people to them and see if people would be willing to travel because everybody knows in the UK people don't really travel much. The no, weirdly, of the world are an exception. They're rare. Yeah. Um, so with that said, they rolled the dice to do three big shows at the end. One was at a small arena 
which is an oxymoron. I am aware <laughs> yeah. of that. A small arena in Cardiff, which is a city that traditionally bands actually really don't do very well in. It's usually the smallest show of the tour. Um, and then it was to go back to the Manchester Apollo, which is where Bowling for Soup filmed their DVD live and very attractive, which uh, we make a guest appearance on during the song Ohio. And then they decided to make a return to Brixton Academy. You have to understand the Apollo and Brixton Academy, Bowling for Soup, leave us out of it, have not played since the last Get Happy Tour in 2007. So it was the biggest venues that Soup was going to headline, and clearly they played huge where stuff. Oh, been, yeah. Where have they been playing? Like Coco or something? Yeah, places like that. You well, know and what I mean? festivals. Yeah. The first six shows are the standard Soup venues. You know what I mean? But the last three were... Or like Manchester Academy, maybe? Yes, 100%. Those are the type of places they were going. So they were raising the bar, so they're there were a lot of there's a lot of pressure on these shows. You have to understand that even on the tour, we we're all aware that these were going to be bigger. Yes. To me, it was so great that they lined the last three up and all credit given to Ed Sellers, our uh, uh, mystery magical tour agent. agent. God, he lined it up, man. He did such a good job and he did something. He did two things that were very risky. And uh, and you guys are aware of this. He sure, did get married. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it hasn't worked out. So <laughs> that's why he's been in the U.S. all week. Um, but uh, he um, is he staying on the couch right now? Yeah, yeah totally. uh, So he did. He did this. He went to the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, and he was told this is true. He was told by other agents, other people, "What are you doing? Like that tour is a good tour, but you can't go to the Motor Point Arena. You know, like that's where." arena bands play you know what i mean like that's venue i think i'm throwing a number out but that's like a five six thousand seat venue so we don't want you to think arena it's not it's not um wembley it's not the staple center but it's pretty goddamn big it felt big you could see like sporting events there kind of deal so um with that said ed threw caution to the wind and said i think we can line it up to make it look right i think people will travel we've got it on a weekend which was very important too it's going to be on a friday night let's roll the dice and see if we can basically get every bowling for soup fan in wales to come to one city instead of having to go to two of them i well, like that you're giving the like the machinations you're like okay so we want to be a promoter in the uk here's what you do there you go and hashtag promoter mm-hmm. It's pretty neat that you're doing that. That's the background. For the listeners. For the listeners. So you have to understand, this was a bit of a dice roll. And as ticket sales went, it was going good. Manchester and and Cardiff and London were all selling, I, I would say, how everybody wanted it to. You know, they were doing very well. They clearly were selling more than the other ones. I think in some ways it's a perception thing. I think that people like to go to bigger venues. I'm the guy that likes to go to a small one. Like we're all going to see Smoking Popes in May. Yep. At basically they're playing in a closet. Anyway, <laughs> I'm beyond my mind. I can't wait. But I think there's a lot of people that would much rather come out if they were playing a bigger venue. I don't know if that's just a vibe thing, but I see that a lot sometimes. Mm. Like, you know, more people come because it will, at any rate, Bowling for Soup's people were stoked to support them. A lot of people were doubling up on shows. Yep. So somebody that went to Sheffield was also going to go to Manchester. Mm-hmm. Somebody that was going to Birmingham was also going to come down to London because it was a weekend because they could get there. Yeah. Um, so again, they got a huge billboard outside of London, which we threw up online a lot, which was, was so cool. Too cool, man. So I mean, cool. Like we were on a, a, a mini billboard, which is just wild. And Hashtag said, Ed Sellers. Yeah. And it said Army of Freshmen, 20th anniversary. It's like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. this band that we started Amazing. at a coffee shop in Ventura 20 years ago. 20 years. Could you imagine if somebody came to you own at Telcharm and said, 
20 years from now, in the center of London, there'll be a huge banner for a show that says Army of Freshmen 20th. You wouldn't even under- Was right. that Dominic Wu? Is that who that was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Pusher Madrazo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> old, old school. So they, um, that's a great nickname. Uh, so he, uh, so he, um, so this was very exciting, but it was very risky. And Bowling for Soup was well aware of that, too. I mean, you know, we're a small equation of this. We're just opening the show. Yep. And that's why they threw out all the stops. Let's be honest. They were doing Drunk Enough to Dance in its entirety, their real big record. It was Get Happy Again. They wanted good support thank god we're included in that but they got the aquabat so they weren't bringing over one or two bands that you haven't heard of chances are if you like soup you've at least seen us or heard of there's us. a really good chance and you know it's a party yeah it was just it was a, party. Just, just a great a time. time and yeah. the bottom line is to spoil the did it go well it worked yeah i don't so, know i don't know if i'd say it went well i'd say it fucking ruled yeah. it ruled and for me Although we were having a great time and we were playing the same size venues and all was well and it was great. And Dan and I talked extensively about this on and on. I feel like I'm sure. catching you up. But That's all right. We talked about, but basically after the first show, we as a band started cooking with games. Oh, and go listen to 138, all right? Yeah. I will. So, I'll so, check it out. So, um, so <laughs> by the time we got through the Glasgow show, just, you know, getting the cobwebs off. Newcastle, we were kicking butt. Sheffield, we were kicking butt. Nottingham, we were kicking butt. Burn, like it got to the point, like yo, we're back up in this bitch. Oh, like, yeah. We're putting on shows. Yeah. Like we, it came back quick. We all collectively talked, and Norwich was the weakest show. We didn't, we didn't do bad, but it was weak for everybody. It was just yeah. a weird night. It was raining. People were kind of miserable when they showed up. It just, they had that curfew. Nobody rocked yeah, as hard that, that night. It was, all I, the bands. I still think we played really well. I was running we around trying to give pep talks to everybody because I think I think it was a really good show. Yeah. I think that being, like you said, the curfew and everything, it just squeezed everybody. Yeah. It made us feel pressured or something. Yeah. But and, that was everybody. It wasn't just us. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. I mean, it was nobody's fault. So yeah. we, we talked about that extensively. So where we're coming off of is Norwich, which was, um, you know, the, the lightest show of the tour. And there we are. We know the big ones are coming. And we pull in, the well, that night, drive that night. And we are in Manchester. And uh, I woke up to um, basically everybody telling me, dude, the security guard's a huge dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, apparently that was the word on the street. I guess he's been there for like 20 years. And he's just like the meanest dude alive. This is the outside guy. So, you know, just, yeah. so I'm like, oh, great. You know, here we go. It's always something. Yeah. You can't wake up to like, hey, Chris, wake up. The security guard's a sweetheart. You know what I mean? It's like, he's a dick. He's not going to like you. Um, at any rate, so we wake up. I woke up late that day like I did. Pete joined us because we'd seen That's him in right. Norwich. This is the first one he was coming to hang out. Um, and Pete had good parking that day, which is nice because as we get to London, the Pete situation got really ugly with the parking. Um, I believe Pete's so, watching right now. Hello, oh, there Pete. you right. You can attest to how <laughs> ugly it got. But all was well in Manchester. So we wake up, we get in the place, and we walk in. And the second we walked in, I walked in there. I was like, whoa. Yeah, you get taken back whoa. to that moment. It's a and different level. It's a beautiful level. place. We had played there once it's before a beautiful on the Get Happy too. Tour. And we I had- totally forgot what it looked like. I forgot everything about it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, boy. Like... This is um, a lot bigger than last night. And the thing for me, the most exciting thing is we often talk about is the stage. I'm like, space, <laughs> space. Well, and oh, God, we can run around. This is so exciting. It's cool to think about what happens in that theater. You know, when when we're not just there rocking it and being stoked on the, the square footage of the stage, mm-hmm. just the acoustics. And it's very prestigious. You know, it's like. Shakespearean things go on there. Yeah, it's well, like all sorts of events. You know, it's a pretty just well-known, well, you joint. out world-renowned venue. You look I mean, out in the uh, the empty place, and you're like, yeah. damn, how <laughs> are they going to get this many people in this? That thing, was the know? was that the day that he, that uh, Captain Fatty put the sign on the door that yes. said. 
Captain, look, Captain Ratty. Look both. Oh, sorry. Let's call him by his real name. I'm sorry. I was thinking of a brewery in Galena. <laughs> That's my fault. Uh, but uh, so a, a man was kind to us for two weeks, and you've come back to call him Captain Fatty. <laughs> he wasn't He's even fat. He's <laughs> the nice man. Better than Captain Shatty or Captain Jack. It's better. So, um, anyways, it said, "Look both ways." We're walking onto a busy street, nobody likes a flat musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought and, that was pretty you dumb. know he uses that every single tour. <laughs> of course, it was laminated. <laughs> like, he just correct. got it in his little laminated. folder. Yeah, he just sticks it up there. Genius. So we go to this place, and we know it's going to be great in terms of the size of the stage and all that kind of stuff, which was, you know, just so exciting that we'll be able to kind of put on the show that I think we like to put on, and we need space. We just do. It's just, for me in particular, I need a little bit of room. Mm, I mean, yes. to go from Nor- Norwich and Nottingham, where there's a kick drum in my butt, to be able to actually like stick my arms out and not touch both keyboardists is you very did, exciting. You didn't just say there's a kick drum in your butt. I did. I did. I did. Uh, okay. He actually sets one up at home just so he can get the feel of <laughs> being on the road again. I'm just going to put a kick drum some here in my lugs. butt. Those are some great lugs. Man, I love those lugs in my butt. <laughs> I dig Ludwig. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of a uh, drum pearl, puns pearl now. Pearl is the best. The oh pearl. yeah, the brown pearl. T W. Yeah, dig one. So at any rate, non-stop uh, stream of dick shows from you. <laughs> stream. See you what I did there. Love something in this world. Dude, by the way, the um the M toe jokes have been just raging late. I oh really? I can't get enough of them. Dan. <laughs> Uh, All right. Little on the inside, I know. <laughs> inside of a sock. Ah! Oh, and okay. even, even, even oh, I, I, no, 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 no. just move, move on, move on. Oh, my bad. Moving on. You play Black Sabbath and I just go right to them jokes. It doesn't matter what cut it is. <laughs> I am Iron Man. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, um. <laughs> oh, I want to say I'm so bad. Oh, uh, anyway, so here's the deal. So we're excited. We know it's going to be a bigger show. And man, oh man, what was really interesting is I had somebody come to us prior to Manchester, well, before the show, and said, "Dude, there's a lot of Army of Freshmen shirts out there. Like yeah. more than we always had a couple people every night. Thank you, everybody that wore a freshman shirt because we know it's an old ass shirt that you take yeah. out of the closet. And people broke them out. But somebody told me there's a lot in line tonight. I'm like, oh, that's so exciting. I'm just hoping they can get everybody in because now we run into the old problem of." It's one thing to get a thousand people in. It's a little more difficult to get twenty five hundred to three thousand yeah. people in, in fifteen minutes. In fifteen <laughs> minutes, great backstage. By the way, remember how clean it Fantastic. was? Oh yeah. Remember all the space? There was like actual, we actually had like, room, and there was a it was like a, a makeup room that was in our bathroom. So there was like we had a full vanity of like three mirrors and well, sinks. That's, and, uh, that's the. Th- Theatrical yeah, element yeah. of You're where right. we were. You're right. We, you know? we had Cronenberg instead of Carling. It was just like, this is awesome. No, instead of Grolsch. I'm fine with Carling. It was the gross Grolsch we had forever. That was, oh, and Bex. That's like banquet over yeah. Coors Light is what you're saying right now. We have yeah. Cronenberg. Champagne so, of beer. There, there was another exciting thing that was happening that night, and Owen, clearly you can talk about this, is your son. My son. Tyler, who is now a grown man. A grown-ass man. Who is 19 in college. 19 years 19, old. Big as fuck. Yeah. He's like seven knots. Giant. I saw, I saw him last night and gave him a hug goodbye because he's going back to school. Yeah. And I stepped up on my couch. So at any rate, this was really exciting. He flew over. He left school 
and he was coming to the last three shows of the tour. Yeah. And this was a big deal. He left school for good. He's not going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah totally. So he... Um, <laughs> I quit. I quit. I'm going on tour. It's true. He's on an opium den somewhere in uh, Leeds. Uh, well, he... Um, what was cool about this, and you have to understand for the listeners... Oh, damn. That's a cool... Wow. I'm, just pre- I'm just prepping that. That was a cool pick. <laughs> um, so, uh... <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, so, at any... Good solo record. <laughs> I, it, I was very proud that he, he made it through, like... Tons of points of travel. Yes. Two, let's see, two, three flights and then a, a cab to mm. the venue. Well, I so. think to take a train or something too, right? Or just a cab? No, just a cab. Okay. But, but, the, but you, the listener has to understand, number one, Tyler's not really well-traveled. He hasn't no. really traveled no. internationally. He's a U.S. dude, you know? Um, and on top of it, when we were really busy and we were touring a lot, he was a kid. I mean, Owen had to, like, co-raise a kid. From the road. From the road, <laughs> yeah. which was the fact you even pulled that off, Owen, is a testament to what a great dad Aww, you are. Oh, you're a sweet man. I mean it. I mean it. Um, because he is such a good kid. For anybody listening, he is put he's together, sweet. man. He is a cla- I mean, he's a class act. He really he's ba- is. He's like baby sweet. I'm yeah. like Papa sweet. And he's baby sweet. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, he's a gamer. You know, he's junk food junkie. And he just, he's in you college. Know, That's what you quiet, do. Yeah. And everything's like, hey, yeah. Yeah. He's a little, he's a little introverted. But yeah, but, but just a great kid. Um, <laughs> So at any rate, um, he never got, he went to shows growing up. Of course, he went to a ton of shows just hanging out, but he never got to go see us in England or Japan or Europe in front of like a big crowd. Yeah, he never got to small, see it. Small screen, YouTube yeah. clips. He sees us at the local bar and stuff, yeah. you know. So Tyler is going to get to see Owen, which must have been so cool. And I was jealous in the best possible way that you got to have that experience of, dude, my kid is going to see me play in front of like, a couple thousand people tonight. Yeah, like he's finally going to see what I spent a huge well, chunk of my life doing. Well, you can take a bit of credit for that because you actually helped light the fire for that happening. In I a pushed way. it. Yeah, I you really wanted it. to go. You pushed huh? it. I do appreciate that because you know everybody's scrambling. You want to make some, something cool happen, but sometimes it, it, it can't work out with schedules and everything else. But we just you know yeah, you kind of gave me the little nudge I needed to make it happen. But we did it. He came and we thought he was going to miss the Manchester show. He was scheduled to kind Mm -hmm. of show up after all his traveling, basically during Bowling for Soup set. Yeah, like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, something like that. And literally, we're running around. I remember it was really zany. There was like a pass thing. John, poor John. That was John's crazy. I remember John just being like, John, I need you. Oh, uh, oh, because freaking Liam, our buddy Liam Price, (laughs) he's stuck outside and he needs, his name's not on the list. So John's trying to figure that out and you just have to understand we talked about it extensively, Owen, but we just don't have a lot of time. Is the opening act like we're playing in 15 minutes? Here's the catch, though: a lot of problems arise in those 15 minutes. In those 15 minutes, where's this? Where's that? Get those. This guy's outside. This list hasn't been turned in. Where's this? So, if you have 45 minutes, you can kind of get all that stuff sure, figured sure. out. But when you have 15 and people are like, well, what do you mean you got all day? You just, you don't know that the venue isn't going to have the proper guest list that you already turned in. And then Liam Price is outside and he's sending 18 million texts because he can't get in and the show's about to start. But you can't find the wireless mic because fucking Phil put it yeah. somewhere. And then, you know, you need your stage beers because God forbid <laughs> Millie doesn't have a beer. So somebody's on the hunt for those. Well, and I then think Tyler shows up. Tyler oh my God, up. Tyler's here. Well, we got a pass for him. We got to get a pass. This is not a club. It's not like no. you walk out the front door and hand somebody a pass. Yeah. You may be upstairs in the freaking well, dressing room running around that? outside. Was that, was that over three or like 29 something? I think it was around three. And we should, al- we should also say that where our bus was parked, 
you mentioned we had to cross a road. So the door opened to a road, which you cross the road, there's the building. Right where this building is, that's where the backstage entrance is, and that's where the line forms. So as soon as people get in line, they're blocking, we have to walk through them to get to the bus, to and from the bus into the dressing room. So in order to get Tyler in, you'd have to go through the line to hand somebody a pass and bring him back through the line like while we're trying to get set up on stage and play. So John, to his credit, is running around like, because we're like, you got to get Liam in. He's outside. They don't have the list. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, Tyler's here. Tyler's here. Fuck Liam. Go get Tyler. (laughs) Sorry, Liam. Yeah, because we were just excited he was going to get to see the show because we didn't think he was going to see it. I couldn't believe he walked in right like He walked It was like something out of a movie. It was a movie. Yeah. Walked backstage about one minute before we played. Yep. We brought him in our huddle. We did our secret chant. Yep. That was freaking awesome. And uh, man, that Manchester Apollo, to their credit, they got those people in there. Yeah. I mean, did I we play in front it. of a full house? No, for the first song. But by that third song, oh, that place done. was rocking. Yep. There wasn't rocking. anybody outside by song three. Rocking. It yeah. was awesome. And here's an interesting thing. Our good friend Lucy Murray uh, made a comment. I think she put it online and maybe she told somebody she's like I've never seen so many Army of Freshmen shirts at a show is what she said right and what's, I. what's funny about this is she was like and I've been to Army of Freshmen shows which I thought was really funny God, there's a lot of people came out there's a lot of our friends and old school fan, people that I hadn't seen in a long time that was kind of an emotional night at the merch for me and not to get all you know too personal but yeah I, oh, it yeah, was okay. You're talking to people and they're they're bringing up their past from ten years ago oh, and how much yeah. it meant to them and you're just like Whoa. so many people. Like, it was, it you're was, ramping it was me up a little bit. I think it was the first night we saw some of our friends like Ray. It, correct me if I'm wrong. There was a lot of people and, that we yeah, saw for the first time that night. And Rachel, Manchester Rachel. Oh yeah, I mean, God, so many. Rachel, we haven't seen Rachel in forever. And Ray, all the yeah. So, so um, this show is. Just, I thought, sensational. I mean, people are... I'm seeing pockets of people singing. Not like one or two people. Like, uh, there's a hundred people in this crowd that know every word. And they're like... And some of them are standing next to each other now. And they're uh, they're pogoing. You know, you know, these are older people now. It's hard to get them up. They're rocking out. It's kind of a weird low stage for as big... What's that? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, it's all right. Let's listen back. Let's, let's go to the, Subtle let's go to the people watching. <laughs> yes. Let's go to the people watching. Wow. <laughs> They're older back? people now. It's hard to get them up. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> well, I did it. <laughs> you did? <laughs> to your everlasting credit, you got them up, J-Man. Oh, jeez. Well, so a- anyway, there we are in Manchester. Hashtag AARP, everyone. RomanHealth.com. To me, at that point, it was like, yo, this is my favorite show of the tour. Like, how are we going to beat this? You know what yeah, I mean? And we were awesome. able to do a couple stage moves that um, normally we don't have the ability to do just for space reasons. You know what I mean? So everybody's rocking out. We're loving it. The crowd was great. For an, You just couldn't get better. For an opening act, an opening act with 15-minute door, it was one of those nights where it just doesn't get better. Was that where totally. we, you were going to potentially throw the keyboard for the first time yes you yes we finally had a big enough we had a big enough room a uh, big enough stage to throw the keyboard but we just we didn't have a big enough tour manager well we just exactly <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly yeah. and john was incredible i love john dearly he's obviously we talk about I'm him extensively on here but on t- <laughs> he was he was down that. to try it it just never happened <laughs> he, you can tell the look in his eyes he just wasn't going to go for it you know what i mean i mean bobby would take the shot i tried to sell out tyler for a second i was like i think tyler could get it you can do it we were also very 
intense about the fact that Bowling for Soup's uh, a lot of their gear was right on the other side of on the, the side of that stage. stage. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I cannot <laughs> even. I will not even mentally go where what would happen. <laughs> God forbid. Jesus. Yeah, we, we didn't took want. Out we didn't want a guitar. Guitars. We oh, didn't God, want a guitar yeah. to a chest so, of a of a sad yeah. monitor man. Yeah, and, totally. I mean, we've <laughs> assaulted people accidentally yeah. with that move. You know. In the well, past. with a guitar, with I never hit anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, with that, with that said, um, uh, it was just, it was kick-ass. It was great, and that was a bit of a, um, uh, oddly enough, I started to feel a little sick that night. That one, at post show, post show, started to get a little run down. I was trying to drink some stuff. I was really hungry. I don't think I had any food that day. I just, I was starting to get a little sick. So, um, I didn't get to spend as much time with all the wonderful people that came out like you had mentioned Owen in the lobby because there was all yeah. these people I'm like oh my god you're here on top of that Ed Sellers dad Bill our agent's dad yeah. was there. I love Bill I think he's a wonderful oh, human being I didn't being. get to see him and I, I wanted just to spend missed some, him I wanted to spend some time with him and I saw him for a split second and that's just not right for me I, I need to spend some time with Bill so I was talking to Ed I'm going to call his dad out of the blue just be like, Mr. Sellers, uh, you know, I was Chris J and I uh, just wanted to catch up on all that lost time. Yeah. So I was like, dude, you got to do it. So at any rate, I just, that's a good I, line. Actually. I didn't get to see um, a lot of people that I wanted. But oh, when you said again, I saw all the people shirts and all these people that rage and all the people were that's so great to see. But I just didn't get to spend a lot of time with them that night. I mm-hmm. didn't go out. And I know a lot of you guys went out. Um, yeah. and, and Bowling for Soup, by the way, played a tremendous show that they night. Did. Everybody was just jazzed on that room. Manchester has always been such a special place to them. That city has always reacted to them. They say it's their favorite place to play. Did you guys rock on that night and go out? Because there was a lot of wonderful haunts in Manchester. I did. That was the night I was like, I am just not feeling good. I need to chill out. Probably smartly that you didn't. Um, yeah, so Manchester. Did everybody get lost and go to different places or something? Um, what happened then? Well, so Rachie, <laughs> who is a longtime Manchester friend, um, said, hey, we should go afterwards to this place called Satan's Hollow, which is the first place that we ever played in Manchester on the, wasn't the Good to Go tour, whatever tour it was. Brand New Year. Brand New Year tour. Thank you. Um, and it's a really cool place. Like a, the whole place is decked out like Satan's Hollow. If you imagine what his house would look like, inside there's of hell. inside of hell. And like, you cool, know, so cool as hell. The, the pillars are adorned with, you know, snakes that hold up the, the little bar tables that you set your drink on, like everything. It's decked out like a Disney shop would be with it because we played our first show. That was the first. Show, and you there. played in the worst, rap, like worst sound of all time. It was terrible. Oh, terrible sound. Yeah. Stage I, was I, in I the center. I had a miserable <laughs> night that night. And we've been there several times <laughs> since. It's just kind of a fun place. Green ankles. To yeah, go to sound suck shit. Yeah, couldn't hear yeah, anything. Welcome to Army of Freshmen. <laughs> Remember when back in the day, like we basically played for four straight years, and at some point there'd be terrible feedback somewhere. I pretty much feel like we didn't ask for improvement on sound for years because we, we had this sense of humility and appreciation for what we were doing. So we're like, we don't need to sound good. We just want to show. God, we've had some miserable sound. We've had some of the worst. It, but Dan, I know you're sitting on a picture of this bar where you, oh, yeah, sorry, this is where you ended up going with some of the homies. Yeah, because uh, Rachel was friends with the guy that was DJing that night, and she's like, "Listen, I, I, we get you in free because there's a like, cover there. Like, I get free drinks, so we'll just get you free drinks all night." So, me, Kai, Phil, I think Aaron. Um, a, a few of us went. I know Owen and Tyler tried to get there, but yeah, Tyler didn't meet the dress code. So. He did not meet the dress um, code. He did not meet the dress code in hell. It's true. Yeah. Because you can't wear sweatpants in hell, that, apparently. So picture. this is behind the DJ booth, and uh, <laughs> it's it's a fun place. You know? Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, if you're just listening to this, and mostly that's how that's people listen. That's the pick you need to get framed to... in here. Yeah. Not the it's one my that... profile pick on Facebook right uh, now. So if you just looked that up. Um, uh, yeah, if you, if you are just listening to this, and we know that's how most people do, and you're yeah. watching the live version. Dan is in front of a massive 
His, his arm span, you can't even see his arms in the picture. They're like nine feet long. Massive sculpture <laughs> of Satan, and Dan is in front of it throwing up the metal hands. <laughs> I mean, what and else are you going to do? smoky and red. That place is just cool. Yeah. It's just a fun place. It's worth it for that pick. Dude. Yeah, I agree. Cool. I agree. Yeah, you get into Satanism. That's the, that's the color the, of the book. It's you know? the rock bar culture over here that we don't have a lot of here. You're right. So yeah. the tunes are different. Uh, yeah, the know. DJs spin rock music. Yeah. Yeah. Not DJ yeah. music. At any rate, tremendous night. Wonderful Great time. Night. Thank you to everybody that came that night that wore shirts. A lot of people, and I'm, I'm publicly apologizing to anybody listening to this that I, I'm friends with that was an Army freshman fan that I didn't get to see again. One problem with that place that I will say is they bum-rushed everybody out real bad. Very quickly. Because I did come back at the end of the night to try and catch up with everybody after like, I got a shower and got some food. Like, I'm going to merch or something. Because you guys kept coming backstage. So-and-so's here. So-and-so's here. You got to see so-and-so. So I um went uh, back there and... Holy shit. Like, they were bum-rushing people. It was you know, those yeah. ones that I don't like where it gets a little forceful, where they almost, like, move like a wall. It's like, it's a fucking, fucking bunch of... No one's doing anything bad here. Like, yeah. is it the worst thing in the world yeah. to hang out for another five minutes? And, and they did the same shit to us. We were at merch, like, trying yeah. to get stuff sold. And he's like, all right, we need you guys to go back yeah. to... Come on, man. Like, let me sell some shit since yeah. you're taking a cut yeah. of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We won't get into the merch conversation. We did, Buse. That's went, episode 137. I, I yeah. went off. <laughs> I, went, I went off, dude. We'll probably never be able to play an Academy again. Oh, that's okay. probably Sons of bitches! You know, they, aren't, they aren't listening to this. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're counting somebody's merch right now, thinking about the killing they're going to make. And again, that is not Fuckers. the venues as much as it is as the policy of the selling thing. It's anyway. O2's policy with this merch company. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so there we are. We have a great night. Rolling on. Let's go to the second to last show of the tour. <laughs> 40 minutes in. We yeah, got yeah. two wow. shows to go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad. It's bad. So, my God, you know, we could probably... I'm getting way crazy. We got to finish up. Get happy this week. We have to. Okay. So, um, ready for this? Ready for this? Arguably, my personal favorite show of the tour, Cardiff, at the arena that I discussed. Turns out ticket sales were great. Was the place sold out? Hell no. We're not going to lie to you. Did it look this is massive. fucking awesome? Yes. Yes. Did it look like a legitimate arena show? Because it was like flat. So everybody goes straight back. So it had that deep vision that you would see at like a Summer Sonic it or was a the festival. Clo- it was the closest thing to Os- Osaka Summer Sonic, I'd say. Same right. kind of venue, right? That's the shadow silhouette photo. Yeah, is Osaka, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that was a dark Had that room. Look, dark as fuck. Just people in, in back in line, straight you know. back. You know, mm-hmm. as far as you can see, almost. I mean, oh, oh. there you go. There's the. Well, photo. okay, cool. So if you're if you're watching this, um, there is a picture of how the place looked empty, and man, <laughs> it spoon was mug. so it was <laughs> low so... and fat. That's so good. <laughs> spoon moog, low and fat. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> no one's referring to the picture. If you don't know what I'm talking about, he's not oh. looking at his dick or anything. Uh, so, uh, with that said, we, we, you know, I remember again. I have the wake up. Somebody tells you, I'm like, dude, what's it look like? I don't even remember who told me. And somebody's like, yo. It's fucking dope, you know? <laughs> so, like... And where we were backstage, it's this little hallway, and you cross another hallway, and then, like, there's kind of a curtain thing, curtain. and you turn a corner, and you're behind the stage that they brought in and set up. They there's no permanent stage. stage there. This is the only venue where they brought, yeah, they a, brought stage a stage to build, so it's a big so stage. is this the second of three shows that were done by the production company? Yes, correct. They brought in additional production for the final three shows because they were so big. Basically, Bowling for Soup had pyro... There was yeah. new things, so I hate to say it. If more you went to, speakers, if you more went, if you went to the first six, 
he kind of missed the last three because literally the last three had pyro. The last yeah. three had bigger stages. Much bigger. You know, so you got to see more from the bands more. For us, you got to see a better show because we're just able to do more. There was pyro. There was more tech. It was louder. I mean, literally, like, again, I, I listen, all the shows are great. But damn, if you saw those last three, you saw yeah. the Get Happy Tour. So they built this stage. They got the big curtains in the back. It felt like festivals. Like Owen said in Japan where you're like, yo, dude. I'm behind a huge curtain. I got to take stairs to get up to the... I love shows where, like, you got to take the stairs up to the stage. <laughs> I mean, it was so dope. Even when we were sound checking, we are like, this is going to be awesome. And uh, here is the kicker that made this show, for me, potentially my favorite. Here we go. You ready? For some reason, I don't know why. Thank God. Maybe it was a Friday night. Maybe it was the place's policy because they have to get so many people. Normally, they have to get so many people in. 45-minute uh, yeah. doors. That's right. Oh. 40. So, again, you always hear me talk about that. 15 every night. You know, they got them in pretty good most yeah. nights. 45 minutes. That means anybody that came and wanted to see every second of music was able to get in yep. and see the whole show. If you were late, you're late. But if you were in line... You didn't miss anything, and, and often people did. Um, we had quite a few friends at this one as well, Dan. I mean, we had people that were friends every night. Yeah. Our good friend Marlika came out. We got to see That's her. right, Marlika came out. Uh-huh, which was great. So I didn't get see, barely see her at all because everything was so busy, but she was in the house, well, which was Cole great. Scott Cole was in the house. Scott Cole. Scott Cole. <laughs> who remains, to me, one of the best photographers in rock and roll. Absolutely. And I fucking mean that, and I'm not joking when I say that. I every time a guy sends us every time Scott Cole sends us a picture of us, I'm like, well, that's one of the better photos. That's the best photo we've ever seen. He's got the gift, man. He really, really does. And he's doing the tattoo magazines. And we always did. That's his main world. Yeah, you know. But if he wanted to go take pictures for freaking Rolling Stone, I think he could. He could get that. Oh, he definitely could. He's gifted. He's gifted. He just is aware of how that industry. Does not pay you, of course. Not. <laughs> so, and, and that's it's even you, harder you, you now gotta, with they being able to just steal pictures, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but so we had our favorite photographer in the house. <laughs> we had good friends that had flown in for that. Um, it was just the vibe was great, and I, and I also think there's a weekend vibe, Dan. I don't know if, how you guys feel, but I feel on these tours, and we've known this for years. When you get to the Fridays and Saturdays, there's just a little more energy because people coming aren't going to work the next day. Yeah, it's so a weekend. They party a little harder. They drink a little more. There's just a freaking vibe. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble paying attention because it's Sorry, I'm trying these, to find Scott Cole's ha- music photography, and I'm seeing all his tattoo <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. work, and, and it's and very and distracting. Just talking to me. And That's why I can't look at the screen right now. All these titties. And just looking at the tattoo titties. All these titty. tatty titties. Um, yeah, exactly. So, at any rate... Um, <laughs> It's just everything is set up for this to be great. We've been on the road now for a week. We're cooking with gas. We just played the best show of the tour, which was Manchester. So here we are, and we are at an arena. The vibe is great. We got 45-minute doors. We got Friday night, and it's just everything felt great. I mean, that was sometimes you wake up, and you just know on tour Today is gonna be special, and I had that feeling. I don't know if you guys did, but it felt I great. Felt amazing. I also felt amazing as a father because my my boy was getting into the motions of okay, like let me find the shower. 
How do I get towels from the tour manager? Yeah. How do I sit on my laptop and watch Twitch all day? Yeah, I'm going to watch stuff on the laptop. He, but he's starting to get comfortable. And yeah. one yeah. day, yeah, yeah. he's understanding he how it all works. He was taking pictures, so he was excited to go down yeah, there. Yeah, he yeah, went yeah, down yeah. there. Yeah. I got to see some of those shots. I haven't looked at his shots yet. Oh, another thing that I'll point out that's exciting is due to the scheduling, um, Bowling Excuse for me. Soup basically weren't able to watch us. Which was weird for us because in the old days they would always yeah, they always pop out for a song, song or two. But they're basically the bulk of their interviews were set up to occur during doors and during our set during the Aquabat set. So it were no hard feelings. We completely understood why they weren't able to come. But we wanted them to see some stuff. We haven't seen them in a long time. And that was the night where Jarrett I rearranged his schedule and said, "Hey, I'm gonna come out and and, and watch you guys tonight." So I was, you know, I wanted to impress him. It's Jarrett. I want him to see uh, at these songs. Step it up. Co-wrote with us, yep. being performed and, produced. and seeing this great reaction. Because after Manchester, I told him, "Dude, you should have been there last night when we stopped for the breakdown at the." end of the day we could hear the crowd it wasn't like 20 people singing you could hear 200 people singing the words back in that big place when and kai even remarked that that was one of the coolest moments of him because he was like i heard it he's like it wasn't just owen and five people mouthing it yeah you could hear like he said if owen didn't sing it we could have literally went cold and there were enough people yeah that it would have sounded good so um that's a t- that's a Shaky ground of whether or not you do that. Oh hell yeah! Because it could just be like, <laughs> uh, oh, I did a thumbs oh, up. And Dan's got some pictures up again. Well, I was going to. Uh, it's not up yet, but that's a fact. But so at any rate, um, everything is set, and I personally have shows or days on the road, as we all have, where I know. I'm fucking on. Something mm-hmm. just feels it clicks. Right. Yeah, the mm-hmm. pipes feel right. The vibe feels right. We're all getting along. Whatever it is, the excitement of the big, the big venue. Friday night for it's probably forty five minute doors. So I'm so weird about that. That's all I needed. <laughs> I'm playing the best show of my life. You You're know? not weird about it. I just think it's, I think it's funny that we talk about it so much because oh, yeah. it's it's one of our greatest struggles in the history of our band. as an opening band because we were always the opening and band. everybody else it's like a normal thing. I went oh. to a show at the Will Turn with Tyler. The other night, two, I think it's two thousand. Okay. We got there. We got there an hour before doors, okay. and we're waiting in line. Waited in line to get in, basically right on doors. They had three bands on on the show. First band went on, I'd say an hour in, and then. Subs- an hour. An hour that's in. Cr- that's so long that, to wait. You need that for LA. Yeah, that's true for LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just it, it felt right. I mean, we had time to find the spot we wanted. You know, we got a snack, got a drink, and just just sat there in our spot and hung out and uh-huh. chatted, watched people come in, people watched, you know, do the thing you do, and then and then the lights kind of come down. There's some house music, and then the first band comes out, and all of a sudden, regardless of how good they are, you're excited. There's, yeah. there's music here, yeah. but when you're just like ten minutes ago, you were like sitting out there in the cold and yeah. shivering, and then all of a sudden it's like you get music jammed down your throat. That was a real struggle <laughs> for us, I'd say. Totally. Anyways. I think anytime you're with your child and you get something jammed down your throat, okay. it's just difficult to do. Okay. <laughs> Pete says Cardiff felt special. Yes. And that it was a little more relaxed. Yes. <clears throat> it, it, well, yeah. That's a good call, too. Relax. That's a good point that Pete makes, Um, is that it's relaxed. Like, like uh, it's Wales. Everybody's chill. I, I was, but I was talking about Manchester and Tyler needs to get in and Liam's stuck outside. That's true. And there's stuff to do. And then, you know, stuff like that. And even Norwich, I told the story like we're on in two seconds, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to take a shower. And Cardiff, we had time. The time that I talked about, we had time. 
So, um, I mean, we went out to lunch at that like barbecue place. And yeah, you guys did. talked about a great barbecue place, which I had later that night, which was delicious. Oh, you went one of the better oh, restaurants. Awesome. One of the better restaurants I've ever eaten yeah. at in that country. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the show real quick. We're getting ready to go out. We're on the side of the stage, and the side of the stage, like I said, you got to go up the ramps. You know what I mean? And freaking, you know, our music comes on. You know, our intro. And the lights go down. Love me sexy. Well, sorry, the lights go down and then the music comes on and everybody starts cheering. And it's kind of one of the few times on that tour it happened. People would cheer when we came out, obviously. But this was... People, I'm not sure that's obvious. Yeah, but, but people <laughs> were there and they were Friday night and yeah. they were in an arena yeah. and they were ready to see some fucking I mean, rock yeah. and roll. Amen. And when those lights went down, kind of like we you described at the Wiltern, you know what I mean? Yeah, people just pumped. like, yeah, I get to hear some music. And that is when it pays to be an opening band. Yeah. But you need all those things to fall into well, place. And the production company too. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. All the lighting, everything's top of the top. Mm-hmm. Top notch. Yeah. Rock tour shit. Mm. Top so, of the pops, and people yeah. love to watch on the side of those big stages, as we all know. Oh, so yeah. people from the tour, yeah. so boom, you guys go out, everybody's cheering. I'm like, this is gonna be dope. I'm so excited, I'm so pumped up. Fucking run out there, you know, fucking yeah. Are you ready to rock, Wells? You know, boom, and everyone's just screaming, and instantly all hands are up in the air, clapping at the beginning of Wrinkle, and I'm like. This is not one of the nights where we have to fight for it or it's going to take a little bit to warm up. I was like, we are going to fucking crush from the well, get-go. For me, those nights are nights where I don't want to get too excited. Yeah. And just not play music anymore and be like, woo, yeah, yeah. I'm out there clapping with sure. the kids. But, and woo, uh, you know, my so role like, in the band has that benefit. You guys still have to be tight and focused. I still have to play songs. <laughs> but, but we still yeah. want to go out there occasionally but, and step on a, on, a, on a box and be like, yeah, as you did, as, as you all did. Dude, <laughs> I was taking that in. I was taking that in like a drug, dude. For, I mean, those, just, for the listeners, he's holding his hands out like and Jesus like Christ. Creed. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, Paul. <laughs> uh, if you know what song that is, I'm Arms impressed. wide open for the. Hashtag arms wide open. Well, I was thinking old sound garden too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, at any rate, Kai would know that. <laughs> We're of course, gone, he would. Kai and the nation turns. Wait, sound garden eyes to you. What sound garden song you want? Black hole sun? No, Jesus Christ post. Oh, they have Jesus. a song called that. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Okay, so it is just fucking on, dude. Like I'm getting hyped even thinking about that show. I loved everything about it. It's just the energy, the vibe. It was just this fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Like this is. All the work that I put into getting that tour ready, this is why I'm That was here. the moment. That's this, I, this I is agree, why I agree I'm here. It was my know. it was probably my favorite. Yeah, I was looking over at well. all you guys, you guys rocking the fuck out. We had all this space. I mean, like I freaking skied down on the barrier and people were like stoked. Not like, no. oh hey, what's up? Yeah. Fuck it's stoked, fucking grabbing shit. People are singing along. I'm like, this is so dope. But I had time to plan some stuff. For example, I realized that. I could make the jump down, but I could never get back up. So I positioned a flight case to be a step so I wouldn't get stuck down there. And it sounds stupid, but that's the type of stuff that you have time to, to contemplate think about, and think yep. about. So John and I came up with this bit. I came up with this bit and had John help me, to be frank. But um, uh, I was trying to think about something to do with the football because we brought a football to give to a friend of ours as just like a thanks, American football. Um, but uh, I was like, man, I could do something cool with this. But I realized that the flight case... On the bottom, from the stage to the barrier, there was space. There was a lot of space. It wasn't your typical, you're right there. So the flight case had wheels. So you could push a flight case across the entire front length of the stage, right? 
um, and not hit any security guards or anything. Now, here's the key part of this. The audience outside of the 10 people, the, the uh, 100 people in the front row and the, would not see the flight case. So if somebody stood on the flight case and had somebody push them, <laughs> you follow me here, right? I didn't know this happened. Oh, so. okay. okay. I I'm actually, I'm okay. actually I, saw, I saw some video of it. So if somebody pushed the flight case and somebody else was standing on it, right? The audience would literally think that you were motherfucking like fly floating, floating Jesus at an accelerated rate because you're above it. Um, so I worked it out with John. We practiced it once or twice. And when you guys were doing the musical portion of body parts where I go off stage for a little bit, instead of going off stage, I jumped down on the flight case and I started having the audience clap. I had my hands over my head. And then I had, I said, told John, go. And John starts pushing me at a super fast rate. That's amazing. Down in front of the crowd, but below the stage. So if you are in the crowd, you see a dude at waist <laughs> level. Clearly, you can't. Because I didn't keep in mind, I'm not You're running. You're taller than them, though. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. And it's a flat. It's just not a ramped so up. I'm throwing my hands up, keeping the beat, and I'm going sideways. So. It looked like, dude, he's on some like mechanism. Like they, like Army <laughs> Freshman has like tech that the singer is floating across the stage, and it was just poor fucking John with all his might like, trying to push this little flight case. That's that that's really, really like speaks to life in general. Like the magic, the man behind the curtains. Like it's some dude just pushing yeah. a cart. <laughs> you couldn't see him yeah. because the stage is so high. Yeah. He was underneath it. So afterwards, I had so many people come up to me and be like, "Dude, what the fuck was that? That was so dope!" Like people were like. Tripping on that, like we had this great like stage thing. And somebody, like, somebody else said, "Dude, why didn't you do that at the other shows, man?" You know what I mean? Like, those are no wouldn't work. You know, but those are the there's exciting. no hover, there's no hoverboard yeah. at the other shows, those, guys. Yeah, it looked like a hoverboard. That's what it looked like. So, um, that's those exciting things that you could do in that environment, dude. The show ended up great. We that was one of the few nights again where people were up in the air. It wasn't just like a couple people pogoing when we were doing Juliet. The place was going off. Yeah, the lights, the lights on uh, the were lights amazing. Were great. 75% of that crowd was just going off. I mean, like when I said goodnight, everybody just screamed and cheered. I walked off, watched you guys do the metal thing. The Excuse lights me. are raging. I'm like, it's my fucking boys rocking a fucking arena. Like that's the nights where I'm like, give me a fucking axe. I got to keep rocking. You know what yeah. I mean? Just because the energy, it was, um, I mean, I'm feeling good about it now. That to me was everything. It felt like a festival show. It didn't feel Pete like... Pete says he's got some great footage of that flight case bit. He was like, I was analyzing it like a, like a conspiracist watching for the Bigfoot vid, trying to figure out how the fuck <laughs> that was happening. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing Pete, but that's that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> it like was the, great. Like the Bigfoot bit is hilarious. <laughs> it felt to me like festivals that we did. It felt like when we played the Tenet download, it felt like um, you had mentioned it was Summer Sonic. It grows it, rock it, a little bit, but, yeah, grows but at night. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was night. It was night. I don't know. I was at work. So oh, it was just such a wonderful night. We went and got some food <laughs> after. I was having such a good time that I actually went out to the bars that night, and we went to a freaking metal bar. Uh, make these in America. This is Bruce Dickinson's metal bar. It's a bar that only plays fucking metal. I knew it was a good place when I walked up, and the motherfucker at the door was wearing a Weedus t-shirt. I'm like, <laughs> we're not in America, dude. You know, good luck finding a Weedus t-shirt outside of Cherry Lane, Northport. And there's a dude rocking a Weedus shirt. 
shirt. Everybody's in the bar partying. They played goddamn bowling for soup. Yeah. I fucking was rocking out to that. It was just great. They brought us back out. behind the bar to like sign this wall that like band signed when we fucking up there with legends. Oh, yeah. we're like, oh fuck. All right. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Um, and uh, and a lot of friends got to hang out that night. We got to see Mark Shep was in the house. Um, Akeel was in the house. Uh, Ray the Gay was in the house. Um, it was it was great. And again, once one thing that I would say. I'll get back to this, but it was just a great night. It was a great night. It was wonderful. Um, that was probably my favorite show of the tour. But blah 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 blah. If I had a second favorite show, it's the next show. It's the final show. <laughs> just the show we're going to talk about for a, little, ahead, Dan, for a little perspective. If you're watching live, this is taken from front of house after the show is over, <clears throat> and this venue is so fucking big that there's a cherry picker running to pull the lights down. Meanwhile, they're driving. I believe they call it a lorry in the UK, a big rig, into the venue. In the venue! While a cherry picker's running right in front of the stage. There's a truck in the venue! And then the truck <laughs> proceeds to do a U-turn in the venue! Wow. Like, the place was massive. Yeah, and you have to understand, if you're listening to this, we don't get to do this. You get, Please keep the perspective of... Please keep you, the perspective of... We haven't toured in three years. We, we haven't done, done shit! We actually hadn't played a show yeah. in three years. And there we are. In a fucking small arena, getting an amazing reception. I mean, that was magical. I mean, it was what it was about for me. It was one of the experiences that I wanted on this tour. I wanted to have that night that was tremendous. Let's not forget about the other bands. Just as good, had just a good a time, kicked all sorts of ass. That, the yeah. Aquabats were great that night. On fire. Everybody felt the energy. I saw the commander before he played, and he's bouncing up and he's jumping down. He's like, man, this is exciting. He's like, this feels different. I'm yeah. like, hell yeah. Dude. I was like, this is awesome. And when you get the commander stoked for a show, who's played shows at every level all over the world, like it's just a good thing. And he's very special. He's an excited guy anyway on stage. Like he's up there. Yeah, I just, that's, I mean. That's from the wall on the, on the, uh, Bar there. Oh, and this is how crazy so that this is. Was on the wall of the that poster. There's a poster bar. for a festival from back in 2010, right? In the bar, huge. It was massive, right? Dan, it was like the whole yeah. side of the wall, and we're on the fucking poster. Granted, we're the smallest name on Literally, it. You need lower a, you need, right, yeah, you need a right microscope second. to look at it. <laughs> but it's just there. It is, last band, last band. Woo. Oh no, no, so we were second to second to second. Look at that. But it was just freaking awesome to that's the type of stuff that you can't you can't put money on that. You can't put money on walking into a metal bar in Wales and there's a poster and your band's name on it. That's the stuff growing yeah, up that crazy. I wanted. That's the stuff that I basically we did this to have these type of life experiences and yeah. to be able to have it happened again. It was such a celebration. It really was a twentieth anniversary tour. It really yeah, did feel nice. like we all had a blast, but we all just kinda had so many fun things to see people. It felt like that every night we would see people and there's so I was going to all name them. I can't name them. There's just too many people, too many people. But every night we would see friends and fans and friends and fans that came back after years. They're like, yo, you were important to me 10 years ago yeah. or you were one of my favorite bands or I saw you a ton of times or you were my first show. My dad or, took me to your show when I was 10 and I'm bringing my kid like yeah, that kind of that. shit. Yeah. That, yeah. We got sitters for the night. A lot of so that. So we could come. A lot of, yeah, yeah totally. I love that. Be Our like, next tour should be army of freshmen. Go get a sitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Bring your kids. Yeah. So it was, um, get off the shitter. It was Go a, get a sitter. If we would have hopped on a plane and flown home after that, 
I am satisfied beyond belief and sure. it's a home run tour and it went out big and awesome and I just I gotta love those ones that feel big I love that dark room like Owen said where you feel like it's a it felt like a small stage at a festival that's how I would put it, it felt like a small stage at a festival I had someone when I got back asked uh, the question of what that feels like in comparison to playing the small room and I said small room is way more difficult yeah because not because of performance or movements or anything else but it's just the pressure of like the, you see everybody and they're right it's there and it's like well, it's, it's, it's obviously way, way more intimate in, yeah, yeah intimate you know? yeah in Norwich <clears throat> I can see the face of the person in the back row yeah and in Cardiff, I couldn't Forget see about past it. 10 people, yeah. you know? Oh, it was so great. It was yeah. so special. And it's also cool for the people that hadn't seen us in the one time that went to that one, and that was the only one. Like, I had people coming up, you're fucking huge! People <laughs> fucking love you, man! Like, playing arenas! And you're like, where you been, dog? This has been a little, this is an yeah. exception. But we I kind of got tell, a bit of a hookup yeah, here. Yeah, I ain't going to tell you. You know, I'm not going to tell you that not only is this, like, you know, the uh, only... Oh, re- that picture. That's for later. Okay, cool. Just getting ready. Okay, so... Um, it was magical. It was great. We all had a great time. It was so great. If that was the final show of the tour, great. But yo, it was not. It was not. We were headed to the big, the big daddy, the big daddy. <laughs> if that was the big venue, this was the big show. This sold more tickets than any other show. Saturday night in London, Ed Sellers risks it all, puts the Get Happy Tour back at Brixton where it hasn't been in 10 years, and he's a genius because it sells awesome. The Saturday thing worked. People were coming from other shows down to this show. We were kind of promoting this throughout the tour. I don't know if you saw me talking to people, but saying, yo, if you want to hit another one, London. Come on London. Train, come on down. The only day that the weather was decent while we were over there. It was sunny? It was yeah, still cold. Could, yeah, we walked It was walked still around. cold, but it was sunny. Yeah. Owen, you and your son, because you wisely said, Tyler, you're not going to sit on a Get bus. Get up, boy. And you fucking drink beers. He was jet Sluts for three okay. days. Okay. Which he did none of. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but we wished he did. He did. As hard as we tried, he did not, not succumb to our yes. pressure. With that said, the you, evil uncles you forced him to see some again. culture. I did. What'd you guys go see that morning? Because you woke up early. We're all after Cardiff. We're sleeping in because it was too dope. But you're like, hey, I'm getting up. We're doing something. It was like. And he's never been to London. So you got to see some stuff. And it wasn't horribly cold. It was a little cold. No, it was nice. Sun was out. Sun's and out. I, I gave him do? the London, the like abridged version real quick, wherever I could find. We went to Westminster Abbey in Parliament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we walked around the Thames. We went and saw the, the, the London Eye. Wow. And uh, we Were had you Ubering everywhere? Did you take a tour no. bus? No. So all those things I mentioned are in, I think it's Victoria Square, I think it's the oh, name. Oh, they're all close. Okay. So it's it's all kind of in the same vicinity. So you, you walk, walk about a mile around the, the Thames. If you get across okay. the bridge, you can see the Eye. We had English breakfast on the water. It was pretty cool. Mm. Took the photo in front of the telephone booth, you know, yeah. like all this, all the shit you're supposed to do. But it was like, it was funny because it was, it was super rushed. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, we got to get that photo. Now we're going to go see this. Now we're going to go that. And then it's like. Got to get the photos now. Yeah. We live in such a different world yeah. of just the documentation. Got to get a selfie. Yeah. Um, did you go to Suck My Hand Palace? That's a different area. <sighs> okay, you didn't see it. It's that's in ar- that's in Camden Town. It's a different area in my pants. <laughs> it's suck my ham palace. Suck my ham palace. Suck my ham palace. But no, it was great and, and it worked out. So through it so, all we were so able to, you went to see some great oh, stuff. Big Ben's there. Um yeah. I had a really cool uh interview that day with a guy who does a podcast called um uh Punks and Pubs. 
Kent, real sort of like uh, he was a former BBC guy, he's a younger guy, but he's like real high level music guy, knows what he's talking about. And I was quite honored because he talks to real big people. He talks to like he's had Frank Turner and you know people like that on his podcast. Big dudes. But he does it at a pub. You go to a bar. So That's awesome. I met him earlier that afternoon, and it was somewhat sunny. I got super lost. I was over by Electric Avenue. You know, going yeah. walk it down to Electric, Electric Avenue. Avenue, and then I'll take you higher. Yeah. Out in the streets of my yeah. Anyway, so down there, I saw Electric Avenue. Got lost. Found the place. It was an outdoor little uh, bar pub, which you guys tried to find later that night, but I think it was closed. There was talk of like going there. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like a, a, a great beer, if you will. You know, it was like a brew pub thing. It was outside, and here's an interesting thing it was the first sunny day in a while it was still cold but it was sunny so everybody was out man hell well, yeah it was so busy that area that i was in getting lost in like because they had opened up the market stands again i mean it was mm-hmm. a zoo so on top of the fact that it's saturday night on top of the fact it's london on top of the fact that people are coming in from other towns the weather's half decent you could actually queue up a little bit it was the first day i saw legit queuing the other shows had no queue it was just like yo it's freezing i'm gonna get there and get in well, that's not true. They queue up like 30 minutes before. Yeah, they're English. They love queuing. But this show had like, there were 100 people hanging out at like, you know, three in the afternoon, yeah. which was awesome because that's how it usually is when the weather's nice, yeah. at least back in the day. I give credit to the Flemings for being there first. Yeah. We saw the Flemings. That was great to see them. Poor guy. I got a car broken into that. Yeah, I know. I uh, that. Yeah. So shitty. That sucks. Um, but I did this interview with this guy and it was a great, like one of the best interviews I've ever done. He's a re- real deal, like a BBC interviewer type guy. This podcast is not on that kind of does it on the side but it was like whoa this is like one of these like you know those legit like like a Mark Marin kind of yeah, thing or like, Larry King <laughs> yeah it was, it was great I, so I mean I'll shut up so him and I talked forever it was great he was so cool and I don't think he's posted it so either two things happened he was like Jesus I'm not posting this this was a terrible interview or he hasn't gotten around to it yet or the audio equipment the didn't work was bad. yeah exactly because we were outside we were mm. like literally that's how he does it he does it in different environments so it's like hey, cool. I'm talking to Frank Turner at an empty pub or I'm talking to I'm making a name up but uh, Rivers Cuomo in a restaurant you know that kind of stuff so that was interesting That's I'll let cool anybody idea. know if it comes out um, I have to bite that it was really good it was a really great interview like it was weird when you talk to somebody that does that does that make sense okay. as opposed to like how'd the band start you know what yeah. I mean like hey what was the climate of like punk rock in like South Jersey in 1997 but what uh, like yeah. I was just getting ready to tell you well I moved out here in a van and met yeah. these dudes at a coffee house and we kind of snowballed and, you your know, scripted answers are no longer valid and Kai joined and I'm like Whoa, whoa, wow. So it was stuff like that. Real questions. Yeah, it was great. So hopefully that comes out. But that set the mood for a great day. Um, You know, we're getting pumped up. We know it's a big thing. Now, I want to talk about something that was negative. Um, And that's Pete, our buddy Pete, who I believe is currently watching the live feed. Pete done got fucked, y'all. And um, some of that is my responsibility. I'm not taking full credit for it. But Pete had been hitting me up. I'd be willing to say for weeks on end saying, yo, because he was coming to the last three shows to help out and he's bringing a van and he had to pick some of his gear up and get some other gear. Um, so he was set to, um, he's got some smart to say. <laughs> he, he says, I'd take the Peterborough show where I was up for 24 hours, taking Owen to the hospital and then driving to Folkestone over the London drive. Oh God. I've been driving for nine straight hours. I was minutes away from going full Michael Douglas and falling down. Yeah, it was legit. <laughs> um, so just a hell of a reference for Pete to pull. It is. And now uh, let's talk about Pete real quick. We talked about him on the podcast. Good friend of ours in the band Lost. We've known him for years and years. He always helps us with gear. He's driven us before. He's always there for us. Uh, just exceptional um so pete was coming to the last three shows 
shows with this lady and basically we're coming to hang out. He's going to work a little bit. But the key thing we needed was him to get the gear back because we borrowed yeah. gear from him. Um, and he was he had some trouble with his vans. He had to like get a van from somebody else because his, his van wasn't working. So that was a, a pain in the butt to begin with for on his end. But he was coming down. Pete had been telling me and telling me for days and days, if not weeks, yo, man, get me parking in London. Yo, man, talk to the promoter. Find parking in London. Yo, man, parking in London is not what you think. It, I have to, you have to help me on this. He he was diligent about it. He was not it, and as an American, as someone who's never had to park in the city of London, I not that I didn't take it seriously. I just didn't think it was a big deal, and I would ask that day, you mm. know, like when we get there, blah blah blah. Because you do you can't go to Bowling for Sheep's tour manager who's doing eighteen million things and say, can we get a little van space on the last day of the tour? He's got a thousand things going on. That's something you have to kind of address that day. I have parked. I clearly live close to Los Angeles. I can park in Los Angeles. I have driven to New York City in a van, and I have found parking on side streets or parking structures. We did it with a trailer. We've done it with a trailer in San Francisco. And New York. Which is widely considered one of the worst (laughs) parking places on planet Earth. I mean, we might have hit a tree. True. But I I appreciate the we. Thank you for that, man. But, but. I would say I hit a tree. We told that story. Yeah. You, you, did you ever listen to the conversation when Millie was on and we talked about that? <laughs> oh, that was great. 20 for 20? No, no, no. no. He was, when he was here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back to the situation <laughs> with Pete. Okay. Pete is texting me and being like, what's up with parking? What's up? Like, I can't find parking. I've been in traffic. I'm driving around. And basically, I talked to somebody at the venue and the street that we were on, there's like no parking. Like, there's only, like, one street, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, holy shit, this may be worse than I thought. Like, there's nothing. It's just one street, and the buses are on, and that's it. So, um, he's looking for parking. I'm talking to people looking for parking. This is almost like as the day is going on, mind you, while everybody's getting ready and running around and all that kind of stuff. And eventually, I, I tell Pete, he's like, there's nothing, dude. He's like, there's nothing. He's like, I can't find anything. Um, and he's obviously been stuck in traffic and driving for hours, blah, blah, blah. So I say, listen, park behind these buses. There's a little red spot and you can't find out any fucking information. And I think Pete can agree with me on this. There's no fucking information, man. You talk, is it, can you park here? I don't fucking know. No guys come down and give tickets here. I don't fucking like literally no one. There's nothing. Well, there's a parking garage two blocks down the street. And then you go to that one and they're just like, I don't know what that asshole's talking about. Like it's bad. Like it's crazy. So London's crazy. You can't find any parking. It's nothing like anything I've ever seen. I'm thinking there's a parking lot. I'm like, Pete, we'll give you whatever it costs. Just go park in a lot somewhere. He's like, there are no Uh, lots. And uh, I'm like, it's fucking London. What are you talking about? Just go to a parking structure, right? (laughs) And so I just say, finally come. So I'm talking to John. John and I are trying to figure this out. We are talking to people at the venue. We're not just like, fuck Pete. We're like, he still has to get here. We got to figure this out. Yeah. But the clock is ticking. The show's getting closer. We're doing, there was an early sound check that day. So the the, um, he finally parks and I go outside to see him. And he, he, there's no parking. He's stuck behind a van. Like, he can't be there. It's a little red corner behind the venue. The look on Pete's face was something that I've never witnessed before. And I knew I was dealing with a different animal than I've ever seen. Like, because I don't hang out with Pete enough to ever see him get pissed off. You so know what it's I mean? Not, it's no longer Michael Douglas from He's, falling down. It's Ryan Gosling in Drive. He's still holding on to the wheel. <laughs> The car is in park, yet he's clutched to the wheel, and he's not looking at me. He's kind of just looking forward. You know what I mean, right? And I'm just like, holy shit. And he was like, there is 
nothing. There's <laughs> no parking. Like, he's furious. Like, he's fucking fried, dude. I mean, and I got some equated to, I mean, being in New York City and people are honking and you're stuck in traffic and it's taking hours and hours and there's... So, John goes on that. We talk to a guy at the venue. The guy at the venue says, dude, just park there. Like, the ticket guy's done at five. He doesn't come. It's going to... But Pete's like, dude, this is like my uncle's van or whatever. I can't fucking get it towed or get a goddamn ticket in London. So, at any rate, we finally figure it out. He gets to calm down, chill out for a little bit. I feel terrible because he had been warning me that this was going to happen. And I just totally went American on it. Like, dude, you got to be able to find parking. It's a major fucking city, you know, and that is not the case. Even the guy at the venue, I mean, it was very helpful. We did talk to him. And ultimately, at one point, we had to get Pete to switch it on the same street. It did ultimately work out, but I felt very bad. So I'm publicly apologizing to you, Pete, for not trusting you when you told me it was going to be a going to be nuts. Nightmare. And he was the one experiencing the nightmare. It wasn't me. He was the one that was stuck with him and his lady driving around like in hell, in hell. And all he's there is trying to help us. And he's just in hell. So at any rate, that was a disaster. And I apologize for Pete, who again you, is Pete, always, always there for, for us. Thank that. you, Pete, for dealing with that. And I do hope he had a good time. But I, ultimately, I do think he had a good night because he was pounding mixed drink side stage for like the entire set. So <laughs> he seems to be happy. Um, with that said, um, the show, let's get to Brixton Academy. Brixton Academy is famous. This is the one we said that we had the banner outside in the main city for. The ticket sales are off the hook. Um, the stage is awesome and huge. Uh, it's the last night of the tour, so we're coming off Cardiff. We're psyching ourselves up. We're pumped up. We're ready to rock. Um, and the show, before we went out, we did the big chant. It's the last show of the tour. We know this is it. If you got anything left in the tank, boys, go for it. Spend it. And this stage was even bigger than the Cardiff stage. Yes. This is the biggest stage of the tour. We had so much goddamn room. There was room in front of the monitors. It's like, holy shit, I don't even know what to do here. It was almost like too much. You know? Yeah. Well, stage is sort of rounded, the sh- not a square stage. Yet again, just like Manchester, it being a big city, so many friends came out, so many fans came out because it's London, and we hadn't been to London in, in three years, so it's a big night for a lot of people, and this is the only, you know, London people, they don't leave London. They're just in London, so we had so many people that it's are like, like LA people. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm in London. I ain't driving fucking two hours to go see a fucking show up the road. Like I see you when you come to London because it's London, it's the best city in the world. Fuck you, blah blah blah. I'm from London. Um, <laughs> there were so many people like that that I'm like, oh my god, I didn't think you were gonna come to a show, and they're like, why? I was just waiting for London. Oh my god, I can't believe you're here, dude. I come to London. You know how it works. Like so, this was the most southern show. Ed, even visually, if you look at a map of England, if you think about it, Dan and Owen. Did you notice how there was like no Bristol, no Southampton, yeah. no none of the the southern, southern places? Beach, beach. Yeah. It was no. just London. He was trying to get everybody to come into London, and it worked. I mean, the show was almost yeah, sold out. Would it have been Bournemouth or something? Some places like that gone. Yeah. So the, sh- the show was close to sold out. It looked fucking awesome we came out again i'll go a little faster the amazing reaction i mean just an amazing reaction people singing off the chain rocking out um the first people were actually hitting us up online like crazy like dude we can't get in the line's too long we're gonna fucking miss you people were really upset about that a lot of our friends and family but um the good thing was uh after i'd say the second song they, they were all in. Yeah. Mostly. The first song was a little light because it's a big room. Like we came yeah. out and like, oh, I'm like, oh, fuck. It's only like 25% full. But by the time we got like three songs in, it was up to like 75%. It was as far as you could see. It's a venue. It's not an what arena. A thing, what a thing to worry about. Yeah. What a thing to worry about. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and we only were 25% and, full. And we were given everything we had because it was the last <laughs> night of the tour. We were really trying to put on the best possible show. 
we, that we possibly Stu- Stuart says that we were overshadowed by the girl rocking outside stage. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right, we should mention that. In terms of visitors, Owen's kid's there for the last time. He's an adult. Kai <laughs> has a one-year-old. Kai has a little beautiful, She's adorable. little girl. Just a, just a, just a just, just beautiful child named Zelda. And Kai's wife brought the little girl. They flew out to see Kai play in London, and they were going to do a little vacationing after. So this little girl's in the full-on headphone can, <laughs> oh, yeah. shotgun blast, as you put it, baby in. She's old enough now to kind of run around and, and walk. So and she's running. She came out and she side stage. She's in the backside stage, big, big, big stage. And this little girl is rocking out. She's dancing just like a one-year-old. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. And dancing. It's on her Instagram. It if is. If you go to the Army Freshman Instagram and, and go back, you see the video of her rocking out. It's the sweetest thing in the world. Owen's adult son is getting to see him rock Brixton Academy. Oh, she stole his thunder, believe me. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I yeah. was like, who's Tyler? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> then Tyler's daughter, first, her first ever <laughs> Army of Freshmen show. Dan, her first ever Army of Freshmen show. Well, yeah, because we haven't played since she's been alive. Exactly. Is Brixton Academy. I think if you, are you on our page? I am. There she is with the phones. Oh, here I am. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Oh, man, so cute. We're playing it right now if you watch it. Oh, she's adorable. She's beautiful. And she's just rocking out. And it was just <laughs> Look sensational. At that. And for us, um, in a, in a, to sum it up for the 20th anniversary and stuff, we never thought we'd play Brixton Academy again. That's the truth. We played That's the absolute the truth. 2007 Get Happy Tour. That was a gift. When we, yeah, it was a gift. And we said, we will never, ever get to play Sorry, this she's stealing your thunder, thunder too. Yeah. I'm still she's stealing still, everybody's still thunder. She's stealing yeah. the thunder. She's right adorable. And, uh, and you know what? There we were. There we were again. And that was something that I tried to take in. And I even mentioned it to some of you, man. Guys, enjoy this. Like, this is special. Yeah. You know, we're going back home in 48 hours. We'll all be working fucking Chrome jobs again. You know, but right now, we're at Brixton Academy. Fake rock stars. Living the dream. You know, this is what we've been waiting for, uh, for years to be able to play yeah. a place like this. We haven't. I mean, Dan, if you even think of the places that we've played, forget Brixton Academy. I can't tell you. Since we played a venue of that size, when the last time we played that, because we did the lit tour, we did the Zebrahead tour, but definitely weren't venues of that size on there. Nothing since venues, but since the last time we played Brixton Academy in 2007. Yeah. Have we played anything anywhere near that big? Oh, no. We played Sonosphere. We played um, after that? China. We played, yeah. Oh, yeah. August yeah, 2009, yeah, huh? Totally. Yeah, we played a lot of stuff oh, yeah, after that. But, but th- those were festivals, though. Those yeah. weren't venues. Not venues, yeah. It was just magnificent. There yeah, I mean, China, 10,000 people, you're not going to talk about that. But like that was a festival. So much positive energy. The venue was awesome. The show was great. I mean, I think the show was just as good as Cardiff. They both meant that much to me. I mean, literally, Manchester, Cardiff, London. This tour went. Oh, that's cool. This tour went fucking off at the end. The last three shows were epic to yeah. me. If you liked those bands and you liked those music, you saw those three bands about as good as you are going to see them. At those three shows. If you were a suit fan, and a especially fan, the London show, a freshman fan, you got the best production from those three bands. You got the best stage setup. You got the best, most interactive crowds, people singing along, people rocking out. Keep those in three mind too, shows were special. We had professional sound, professional lighting. Mm-hmm. Like all the people behind the scenes oh, doing, there's doing so, our band. So much that goes into making a good tour work. Uh, too big for our britches. Yeah. So we were dealing with people that are going out and doing like, you know, the Prince tour, rest yeah. in peace, you know, but that kind of, those kind of people. It was great. 
It was, it was like big. Our, our doing it was big. our lights. It was, and, you know, we talked about it. Kai and I talked about it. It was big time rock and roll. Oh, it yeah. Was the small end of big time rock and roll. We were dealing with the same type of shit that bands like the Foo Fighters deal with on the small level. But we were there. We were playing the big venues. We were, had the production. I mean, it was just. Yeah, a, I mean, three hours of rigging and setting up a. LED screens yeah. and lighting. Yeah, that guy was his name. The guy couldn't have been older than like 22, 23. Oh, Jack. Jack, he was, he on, was our, on our, our yeah. bus for a while. Like every morning, got up and set up this giant LED screen yeah. that you probably saw if you went to a show because it was at every show. But every video day. Going, the bats had video. We got to. Br- we didn't have to bring our banner because we just <laughs> all that hell we yeah. went through bringing them banners. I would tell you one thing. I'm, oh, this is here's a little, so much better. Here's with a, a thousand LED screens yeah, looks, instead of a banner for any of you promising bands. It looked, it looked pretty. It looked dope because it was like. Electric, oh, it was incredible. You know? The color scheme but, dude, was I great. I was actively, actively attempting to buy a new banner and surprise you guys. Actively. Oh. At the end of the day, I just didn't have the money. I was, I was, I was hoping to do it almost as like a Christmas thing. What would have been the design? Just out of curiosity, I, I, I had a couple of ideas. Okay. I had a couple of ideas. Right. May have even been the one that we used. The but, Fresh Talk logo. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna try and get that on I Millie's drumhead. Huge, huge, huge banner. Just be like, guys, we're doing it right. We're not going with the old banner. We're gonna fucking drop a brand new 20th anniversary. Like we're the shit. Could you imagine if I did that? I just took every penny to my name. Fucking stole money. The whole nine yards. <laughs> And got a fucking There's a screen A $1,500 banner I, Guys I don't think I'll be able To pay rent But ah. look at this And night one Oh we're not doing Banners on the tour Oh I'd never get to Use it anywhere Think about no. that Anywhere Never no. It would be or so you, It's over do it Nowhere Banners are you over you didn't Let the cat out of the bag Before you were told about it And like you know, you had it ready for us to be one of those big Chris J buildups. Oh yeah, where you're someone like, I've good. got something special, and then someone comes in. Excuse me, oh man, freshman. There's no need for what a picture. Banner. Would you like? Yeah. You have a logo for the screen yeah, behind yeah, you, yeah. the giant screen. Oh. <laughs> I carried it like on the plane. Told you guys like it's just my it's just my winter jacket. Which like yeah. that kind of happened the first day. We're like, what are we doing about the thing? And Jack's like, no, just give me a picture. I'll put it on the. Bizarre. On the thing, so we had Nick Saracini send us the one of the t-shirt designs, and he just threw it up there, and that was it. It's done. Yeah, you guys do right. And, well, and you, Nick, you yeah. and Mike did a good job of figuring that out, though, uh, for whatever it's worth. Mm-hmm. Nick was a hero for getting it over. Yep. You guys made that happen, and you picked the right one, and it that was looked perfect. Great, it looked great it did every look great. night. Like a lot of color to it. I mean, it was super mm-hmm. cool. Because I, I was like, oh no, I was like, we're not gonna get to use a banner. Like we'll have no banner. Yeah, I'm just gonna be on like a black screen. Do you know the name of that artist that Nick had? Fr- friends of Nick, a friend of Nick's. You don't know Coast. the name. Great yeah. logo though. It ended up being the logo. Yeah. Well, it's you know? great because of the way the palm trees go into the piano keys too. Yeah. There's yes. like a really. It was cool very cool, and the buildings as well. <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. So anyway, the last show it was epic. The night was wonderful, but we're not done with the show because prior to the show, and I'm gonna address something that a lot of people asked us about, and that has to do with Jarrett singing at the end of the day with us a lot of people every night would say why didn't Jarrett come out it goes back to what we talked about with the interviews all of his interviews were scheduled during our set around our set so for their publicist at Rage PR who's a hell of a good guy by the way he was very nice to us and helped us out a lot I'm joking because I know him but you son of a bitch you could have just threw those interviews a little earlier for Jarrett but at any rate um, he wasn't able to come out because literally every night he was locked into interviews yeah, he was last, I think interviewing with Kerrang or something that night yeah big stuff you know the, la- the last night day before Jarrett says yo takes me aside why don't you guys come out and do Ohio and I'll come out and do it at the end of the day. Make London even more special just to make it more of an epic night. Okay, done. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Going to kick ass. Will rule to all the guys. We're all stoked. I mean, we're just... 10 out of 10. Wood bang. Yeah, we're like, 
pumped, pumped that this is going to happen. And shortly before, um, as I just, you had just mentioned, Dan, Jarrett hit me up. And Didn't said, mean to steal your thunder. Yeah, basically said, hey, man, I'm so sorry. But, you know, I ended up, these interviews are just locked down. I got one or two big ones I have to do. I'm just not able to do it, which is totally understandable because that's business. He's got to do what he has to do. It is his job. He was not to come out, not able to come out. So, again, there are a lot of people who were like, you know, it's kind of like word on the street. Like, dude, London, he's going to come out for at the end of the day. He's going to come out, you know. And he almost did for the record, you know. Um, but he did still invite us to do Ohio, which was uh, we come out and finish the end of the song Ohio. So me, Aaron, Kai, and Mike, um, we got backstage. We rehearsed it. I mean, I don't really play a lot of guitar, so I was like, "Oh, this is fucking trouble," you know what I mean? <laughs> but we rehearsed it. We rehearsed it, and there we were, side stage. I've never seen more people on the side of the stage, by the way, for the London Bowling for. Oh, it was show. amazing. I would be stoked to play for that crowd. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Like yeah. if those, I'd be like, um, I was they, trying to look over people to watch. Yeah, th- that they do. Moment. They do a fake bar and they have a meet and greet thing and they have some of their fan club members come up and watch. I would say that's a real stage. bar, Jamie. Oh, sorry, yeah, it's a real bar. Sorry, bar side up. But they had so many people on stage. I mean, they doubled up. It was great. Look, killer. To find some pictures you of you guys. A, I don't have, have any. a whole crowd in front of you of like you know four thousand, five thousand people, and then you got like two hundred people on stage, and it was just great, joyous night. But everywhere, props to Pete right now for co-producing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so just comments and pics and links. With that, great job there. With that said, um, uh, we got to come out and do, because we used to do that. In the 2007 Get Happy Tour, that was one of the bits. Um, the four of us would come out and finish Ohio every single night of the tour. And Bowling for Soup started playing Ohio halfway through the tour, Dan. They didn't play it on the first couple dates, but they started playing it towards the end, and they asked us to come out and uh, do it. So, man, was that... First off, kind of like, for me, nerve-wracking, because I'm like, we can't fuck this up. Like, it's fucking Brixton Academy. We haven't done this once. It's not like we got to do it at a couple shows. Are you playing that right now? Yeah. Oh, that look at that. I mean, the no last. audio, but... <laughs> if you're watching, there I'll, it is. I'll put the link in there. So there we are. Pete put the link in the Facebook chat if oh, anybody's sweet. watching. Sweet. There we are in front of uh, 5,000 people. Brixton Academy playing about 45 seconds of a song in front of the full crowd. Now we got the full crowd. This is the full soup crowd. I put a little tweet out saying, you know, something special's coming. Be on the lookout. Um, now you notice the J-Man is not moving much. Get a look um, at the spotlights for a second. It's crazy. Oh, spotlights Just everywhere. Just look at how many of them? Oh, is it done? That's it. And people are just rocking out, singing oh, along. No, nope, that's not it. Never mind. Oh, oh, oh fire. <laughs> I'll just say I was at the bar. And then we on stage for that. Led the BFS so who, who had that chant idea? Oh, that's what we used to do. It's, that it was is. the old pit. Oh, we would always it. chant it out. Oh, you know, that's so. fucking cool, man. Uh, that tells you. That. That's, that tells you my memory right there. Yeah. Oh, 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 we did that every night. Oh, and, sorry. And that remember. was just a fantastic moment because the one bottom line is, although we get to play in front of a lot of people, we don't get the full crowd. Even on even on the epic nights, we don't see the that you yeah. know the full crowd. We got to do the full crowd, full on to play guitar. I mean, I grew up playing guitar. To play guitar again, just a moment that I just tried to take in that was special. I'm playing guitar. I don't care the reason. I'm not dumb. I know it's. Bowling for Soup asking me to come out for 30 seconds, but I am playing guitar in front of Brixton Academy, almost sold out. Well, come on, dude. That's dream shit. I used to watch, I had the Faith No More VHS live from Brixton Academy DVD when I was a kid. The idea that as a grown-up slash Can old I man, as an old man, there I am playing the same venue that I watched as a teenager, a band that I liked play and there I am doing it like those are the moments that you have to appreciate and no matter what happened to us financially or what happened with our career never getting the big record deal and all the stuff that I complain about um, with the music industry changing what the 
fuck, dude. Oh, the experience. 20, 20 the experience years later. Is, yeah. 20 years later, and I'm there with my best friends on stage at Brixton Academy, rocking out. So many people are responsible for that. It's not that we did something to put us in that position. But my God, if that's how we celebrated our 20th anniversary... It does it, how does it get better? It doesn't. How does it get better? How does it get better? And full credit and props to Bowling for Soup for allowing us to, to, to come back and get happy for our 20th anniversary. Like, it, well, it just couldn't have, have happened any other way. I want to shout outs really quick. Let's yeah, just fire everybody. out tons of people that were instrumental and or helpful or people that we were stoked to see. Number one, Dan, you hit the nail over the head. This does not exist without Bowling for Soup asking for us to come out with them and do get happy again. They are numero uno, yeah. the people to thank. And obviously, as we all know, that boils down a lot to Jarrett. You know, he's the mastermind yeah. behind Bowling for Soup. This was his idea. He's the one that brought us on board. And we can't be thankful for enough. We've often said nobody did more for our band than Jarrett Reddick and took more risks and chances for us. In the history us. of our band. In the history yeah. of our band. And, that's and we've had a lot of people take risks on us, but nobody as big as Jarrett. Nobody. Yeah. And after all these years, he's still doing that. So right here on air for anybody listening. Thank you. Thank you, Jarrett. Jarrett Reddick for giving us this Thanks, experience buddy. for our 20 we can get him back on and do a wrap up. Yeah, it just just remains a wonderful person, one of my favorite people, and it was a joy to be able to spend some time with him again. Thank you, Jarrett. Number one, thank you, Bowling for Soup. Let's talk about Bowling for Soup's people. Their manager, Swin, yeah. instrumental in putting together a lot of these details. Thank you very much, Swin. It was great to see you at some of the shows and talk to you. Thank you, Swin. Number, uh, I'm just gonna not. There's, these aren't numbers. We're just throwing people. Ed Sellers, super agent, sneaky Ed, secret agent, <laughs> yeah, super yeah, agent, yeah. Eggy Sellerino, star of Pakistani pornos, volume one through seven. <laughs> Eggy, that's actually true. Eggy is just one of the best agents in all of music. He started in his bedroom with us. Yeah, literally. We were one of his first technical clients, booking shows, brought us over to England for the first time. Our England, our UK story, all these amazing memories that we're talking about in many ways. If there's it doesn't no exist Ed, without Ed. It doesn't Ed. happen. We never play with Bowling for Soup over there because we're on another tour in Bowling for Soup. Ed, it's he is imperative to it. He is still our agent, our only agent, after all our American agents left us. Um, and I have nothing but respect and love. He's a dear friend and he's always there for us and I got to spend some time with him this week in LA oh nice and just he remains a tremendous guy this tour was a huge success and he was a massive part of planning it in the way that he did thank you Eggy thank you thank you thank you um shout out to the bands the Aquabats they, Dan they've been one of your favorite bands for forever since I was about 18 they continue to be wonderfully nice people to yeah. us you spent a lot of time with Jamie the Robot a little not not as much as some of the other guys um, but yeah I'm just stand up guys great people. just great people all they have around. actually have a front to back uh Performance coming up in April, I believe. Of, I don't of, know the date. The Fury or, of the Aquabats, which, the in my thing. opinion, is their best record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite for sure. Yeah. Two two shows in L.A. A matinee and an evening mm. show. I'm not exactly sure the venue. I'm sorry. I think it's uh, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. Yeah. Theater. Fonda. They were great. We played. With we them played the that past. theater. They were a very big inspiration to us early on. Oh, 100. percent Dan and Aaron joined the band solely, probably for the chance that hey, this is the only chance we'll ever get to open up for the Bats. Well, and they were instrumental in how our live show is and the energy we bring to stage because he and I. Watched them so many times, like that's a show. Yeah, we don't like we didn't want to see people pitting. We wanted to see a show, and they put it on. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, uh, props to being out there with. I mean, we got to go with Bowling for Soup and the Aquabats are two of our favorite fucking bands. Yeah, we're talking about a tour that was huge that celebrated our twentieth anniversary. <laughs> and if somebody said, "Hey, Owen, 
who would you like to bring out, like, if we were in charge? Well, for my 20th anniversary, I'd like to hang out with Bowling for Soup and the Aquabats and play arenas. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah, that, that actually happened, that which actually is crazy. Happened. I mean, you know, we often talk about, um, and, uh, like, a lot of breaks that didn't fall our way. Something that fell apart, the deal that fell apart, the A&R guy from the major label that wanted to sign us, and the economy got collapsed, canned, yeah. and he got fired a week later. We had some bad breaks, but we had a lot of good ones, and this 20th anniversary opportunity to celebrate it in this fashion was a fantastic. good break. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, let's talk about all the Bowling for Soups people. As always, they have great crew. Their tour manager, Timmy, was awesome to us. He was yep. helpful to us. First off, he's a great tour manager. He's also a good guitar tech, and he's also funny as fuck. Yeah. So he's just a home run dude. But he would always sneak us an extra bottle of liquor every yeah. night when we couldn't have it on the rider. He was always helpful. He never busted balls. He was a great, great guy. I hope he's somebody that we get to meet and work with in the future because I just thought he was sensational. Yeah, super good. Super good dude. If anything, he was one of the guys I wish I could spend more time with, but he's just so busy. He's yeah. just a lot he's to so do. Busy. And there was a lot of guys like that. Some of the other uh, crew guys that were involved with the suit boys. Yeah. Oh, God. Ito. I love Ito. We go back with Ito, and I got we to do. spend no time with him. I hung out with him a little bit. Uh-huh. We, uh, had some, we had some hang time. Yeah. Uh, He's the same guy. He's great. Yeah, yeah. just the best. Other crew remains great. The tattoo guys that they now bring out, man, did those guys treat yeah, us well. Darren and they, John. John, yeah. yeah they were fantastic. They were so cool. Such good. One of the best pranks of the whole tour was not a physical prank. It was me saying that Owen got a tattoo. <laughs> and then literally coming back and people telling me in person, like, uh, Amy, like, like I oh, can't yeah. believe Owen's first tattoo is get happy. Ah. And I'm just like, yeah, that never happened. And it was so subtle. Dude, your and, girlfriend was like, what the fuck? I know. Like, she was, was actually pissed. I know. She's like, why didn't you tell me? And then I'm, so I'm thinking like, yeah, that's so funny. That why didn't I tell that. you what? What's funny is the subtleness of that joke. Because I, I didn't make a big deal out of yeah, it. Yeah. I didn't say, everybody check out Owen's tat. I, I it didn't was just like, know It was like, this guy, later. this guy, this guy got tats and so-and-so did it. So it just basically made Owen. You had to catch it. Yeah, you had to catch it. And people caught it. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> great, great bit. Um, uh, going on, um, geez, uh, uh, once again, Pete Dalton, we mentioned him a ton on yeah. this, uh, this podcast. Um, he went above and beyond, as he always does. We know we put you through some help, Pete, but we appreciate it, and we understand that we put you through some hell, and we want to be there for you in any way we can. Um, Man, Graham. Man. Uh, let's talk about gear. Our uh, good yeah. buddy Min. Min went to the airport. Min came to multiple shows. Min picked up your keyboard and yeah. dropped it off. Min was a huge help. Um, he was with the band 10 for and out. Bought us a lot of pints. Yeah, not really active. My God, can he drink too? I was stunned at the amount of alcohol he put in not Youth. him. Whew, and his buddy, was buddy Ed. Uh, George. George, 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 George. God, that guy got fucked. Uh, <laughs> man, he got fucked yeah, up. props um, to yeah, George. Yeah, some King George in Nottingham. <laughs> he, took, he took all the peasants' booze. King George the Longshanks. Uh, um, so uh, going back to uh, again, I get Graham, Graham, good friend, of course, Graham, Graham. our UK correspondent, the Fresh Talk. Graham uh, was there for us and picking up gear, arranging the practice place yep. for us ahead of time. His mom was shout out to Mama Graham, yep. who went out of her way to drive us around that night. Here's a huge one. Shout out to Stu. Oh, yeah. Our oh. sound guy. Stu's one of the best sound guys in the fucking world. He makes tons of money, and he came and did this for nothing. He did it for drinking money, and he didn't get to do the whole tour with us because he had to fly to Asia. Because he went to a real gig. But he came to six of the nine shows on his own time, basically on his own dime. He's always been there for us. Stu, I don't, I'm sure you don't listen to this, but if it ever gets to you... 
I love you. I think you're a great guy. You are nothing but Tremendous. kind to us. You're a pure professional, and you made us sound great every night. Thank you, Stu. Huge one. Even in the pub in wherever that was the first night. Percy's, yeah. And Percy's, Thank yeah, you Percy's. To the people at Percy's yeah. for opening up their home to us and just letting us jam and giving us a crazy tour of all their skeletons and a bunch of free beer. Yeah, that was that was a tremendous help as well. Um, moving, <laughs> moving on. I just, I just caught the skeleton bit a yeah. second. Oh. It was so quick. You just fit it right crazy. in there. Hey, shout out to Willie Love for driving us there yeah. to the airport yeah. and, and picking us up. up and picking up some of the gear. Um, shout out to who else helped in John and Phil. Oh, well, I mean, God, yeah, John, our tour manager, going oh. above and beyond, constantly working his ass off all the time. Had one night where he got a little drunk and got a little weird, but John always has one, and we have to accept that. There's going to be one night where John's going to be like, uh-oh. Never going to live that down, Johnny. Yeah, Shady Sweeves, you know. Um, and Johnny Swervon. Phil, our good buddy Phil, yeah. who came and teched for us. And he, wor- he worked constantly He did hard. work his ass off. Oh, he and, worked and, his butt off. And Phil, he for the record, work that Phil hard, ain't Phil. a fucking tech. Phil's a very good musician himself. Yeah. <laughs> Phil is a fucking great musician that you've played with in bands yeah, before as well. He came basically as a buddy. He came as a buddy. He put money in to help make the thing happen. He was there as a buddy. And the hell he went through on that Sheffield load alone he had every right to it's get crazy. on the plane and go back home. That was one of the worst loads of all time. Stairs outside, in snow, the snow, parking lot structures. He was in hell, and he didn't get a lot of help that night. And and we owe you on that, Phil. You were you were out of control, champ, on that. Thank you very much. He was great on the whole tour. It was great to have him. Great for your son Tyler to come out and spend some time oh, with us. Oh yeah, fantastic. That was awesome. All our we had multiple significant others that visited. Dan, yep, Jacqueline came out came and her out. friends. Um, uh, Kai's wife Melinda came out. That was awesome to see um, some people that we know and love in the house. Let's talk about um, some of the. Uh, uh, well, I want to press anybody that we spoke to for yep. press. Thank you very much. There were several people, so I can't name them all. I mentioned the punks and punks in podcasts. Any of that press that does come out, a lot of times people interview us and they do it to get a free ticket and they don't go to, they never post it. But if anybody does, we will be posting it. We do have a backlog of stuff. Um, Kerrang! Four Ks. 4Ks in the old Kerrang. Nice. Okay. Nice. Um, they said uh, we always look, good to have four over three. When they it comes said to we K's. look more like uh, um, uh, punk professors as opposed to freshman students. That's true. I'll take it. Yeah, but we do. So <laughs> fuck it. I like, you know what I mean? I like yeah. that line. That's yeah. a good one. I have that pretty for punk over there. It's so funny. <laughs> Like, professors is, yeah. that's funny where punk sort of originated um, I'm just glad they didn't say sophomores that's yeah absolutely that's a tired joke shout out to the Bowling for Soup fan page and everybody there that yeah. really embraced us every night supported us came out said so many nice things online about us let's talk about some people that flew out to this tour you ready for this yeah our good friend, we mention her all the time, Lucy Moon. Yep. Lucy came and she did virtually the whole freaking tour. I think she did six of the nine dates, maybe something seven like that. of the nine. Wow. She flew out from Texas, one of the only people from America not part of the actual tour that came out to go to all those shows. We had a great time hanging with her. She's always been a good friend of ours. We played her birthday party once, which you can see on YouTube. In Pennsylvania. Which is weird as hell. Um, please take that down. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Don't uh, take it down. Yeah, but uh, she was out. We had a great time with her. That was an absolute blast. Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. Alien, Alien antidote. antidote was in the house um, just for London. Just for London. Just for London. But man, was it so cool, cool to, to see cool her. Cool to look down and see her down there and just to have her in the house. And it was so great. When just great chatted, chatting with her afterwards and some of the stuff she posted online on, on some of the Fresh Talk stuff was like, yeah. man, I've never seen you guys at a venue like that. Yeah. that. Like that was something else. And I'm glad that she of all people got that's, to see that. That's the thing. A good friend of ours like that that never got to experience that. I'm glad she got to see that because she always was there for us when all 
always go yes. to small shows and, and empty that, shows. I, that means so much. A million to shows us, of chain to reaction. See that like, reaction. Yeah. And I want like, you to see that, Rich. I want you to know that. Yeah, how you dig it. It can. It can be like that. <laughs> it's validating. It's validating. Um, <laughs> it makes me, my life is complete. Totally, totally. Um, so it was great. Those were our two furthest travelers, without a doubt. Um, we had some friends that did come over internationally. We already. Hey, Marlika. Yep. I didn't get to see her at all. She disappeared in London. She was like. I, London was so busy seeing everybody in the lobby. I mean, I couldn't even get a freaking break, man. It was just like wild how many people were there. Um, I want to talk about some of Dan throw out some of our hard. Uh, oh, let's talk about the people that went to every single show of the freaking tour. Mm-hmm. There were three of them. Yep, three people did it. Three people did it. Our friend Kayla Lee. Yep, got her forty seventh Army of Freshmen tattoo. Who has forty seven Army of Freshmen tattoos? If you can believe it, it's true. Forty. Let me repeat that. 47 Army of Freshmen tattoos. Kayla, thank you for everything. On a personal note, you are always there for us. You always, for the past three years, when we were forgotten about and nobody gave a shit, if there was one person that was out there online, still still sending out love, still hoping and praying and pushing for us to get back on the road. I think she's here right now. Yeah, yeah. she's watching. Yeah, you did that. You've always been there for us, Kayla. I won't forget it. You've always supported us. I mean, without a doubt, you're probably our biggest supporter in the world. I mean, you've put 47 tattoos on your body that are relate to army of freshmen. We don't take that lightly. It means a lot. And again, thank you for always being there. And I'm sure as we don't do anything over the next couple months, you'll be the only person back there keeping the dream alive. So this tour in many ways was for somebody like you who didn't think we were ever going to be able to go over there again. And I was so excited when we announced and it was very hard not to tell her of all people. I just wanted to shoot her tweet being <laughs> like, you're not going to believe it was. Guess the, what? She was a, one of the hardest people to keep it from because I know she would be so stoked. So I was like, she's got to find out as a surprise. She, I can't give her the intel. I want her to wake up and be like what what wait the what fuck and literally i think that's what she she tweeted me like what the fuck ah. you know? but it was great to see too that uh kayla doing every single show that is expensive that's a hell of a that's exhausting that that's tiring yeah. the weather does not make it easy over there all the trains and all she she hit every single show did not miss one all of them huge friend huge fan Mark Shepard. Every single show. Mark Shepard, I believe, hit every single show. He almost didn't make Nottingham, but he always finds a way. He always, you know, calls Aaron Barrett on the bat phone and ends up <laughs> backstage somehow. He's, he's very resilient. You can't kill Mark Shepard. That, that, that. Something horrible happens. It's just cockroaches. It'll be Shepard in an empty pub. I made it. You know? So he's the Dread Pirate Roberts of the rock and roll world. He's such a pirate. Yeah, totally. Great guy. It was a great spend some time with him and see him. And then last but not least, Rory. The Rory made it Rory, to every show. London Rory, wrestling Rory, however you know Rory, he made it to every single show. And let me tell you, that fucker drank at every single show. He did. He goes for it, dude. He is relentless. I mean, he goes and goes. And one of the things I want to mention about all three of those people, and again, that goes to several of our good friends and fans over there, there are a lot of nights that we didn't get to kick it with you, and it wasn't due to choice. It was just how these, every night, it always ends up weird. Some of us are waiting to settle the merch. You know, one person goes to sleep early, and we could never really get a set place. (laughs) Every night, there was conversations about, where are we going tonight? And then you'd end up back at the bus at three in the morning and you would find out that we ended up in three different places. That was never our goal. We always wanted to kind of just posse up. It was too big. It was too big. 
after party every night at a specific place. But oddly enough, because we were playing places so big, yeah. there were four after the, parties. The, the place is closed, though. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like back well, when, and it when takes we played initiative the, to do anything when we played on the, a tour like yeah, this. Yeah, you play the small gotta, clubs and bars. They turn into club clubs. They turn into clubs, and that's where you hang out. But that didn't really happen. No. So there was a lot of scattered nights where guys like I would talk to Rory the next day, like, where the fuck were you, man? And he was like, I was here. I was here. And so we didn't get to spend. We got to see everybody we wanted, but absolutely did not get to spend the type of time I think we wanted with people because it was so hectic. It was just go, 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 go. Some nights the bus would leave early. Some nights it wouldn't. Some nights everything shut. Some nights everybody disappears. Some nights I'm waiting for this. One night you're sick. It is really hard to spend time with people on these bigger tours. It's the smaller ones where, oddly enough, you really get to kick it. There's not as much to do. Like, hey, we're just hanging out at the place. So I do want to say to a lot of people, especially some of our friends that haven't seen us in years, please don't think that in any way we're coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't think that we were didn't want to see or spend time with you. It was just really, really crazy and fast paced at all times. It was. And not having a lot of crew. We have to do a lot of stuff ourselves as much as John and everybody helped. There are situations where we're loading stuff when we'd like to be out there kicking it, you know, or stuff that we were obligated to do. A lot of times our interviews would be, during the bat set yeah. and during soup set. So we'd be talking to somebody and sometimes just doing the interview and you're just like, dude, please shut the fuck up. I just want to go see my friends. But you can't. <laughs> and then interview never gets posted and you're like, well, why the hell did I just give you 45 minutes? You know, but anyway, the things to complain about. Precious time. Um, precious time. <laughs> precious time. Yep. Precious time. Uh, Dan, um, we can't name everybody, obviously, but those are some people that were yeah. important to me to mention. Uh, anybody I'm, else? I'm glad you did because they deserve this recognition. Yeah. These are people that are important to us, and they help us keep going. We, you know, we can barely do this as is. Those are the people that make it worthwhile to continue to keep doing it and help us. Um, Dan, uh, I'll go throw a shout out to my parents. Always yeah. support us. Always there. Those nice anniversary posters you saw. My mama bought those. She paid for those. <laughs> so and she didn't get paid back. So they're always still there helping out where they can. Uh, anybody else, guys? That, you, that I mean, I know we missed a ton of people, but please, anybody else jump to mind? I mean, Flick was at a lot of shows. Oh, she God. she Flick made did the whole tour. She almost did the whole tour. She couldn't quite make it. It's awesome to see her. Um, always there for us. Always. When this yeah. was announced, she hit us up and said, what can I do to help you? That's a good friend. Yeah. You know, Flick is a great one. Hartmore Merchandise that were willing to cut a deal with us, a new merchandise company that we work with. Bands listening to this, Hartmore Merchandise in the UK is fucking awesome. They were helpful. They hooked us up. We put them through hell getting the designs. They got them to us on time. The merch was great stuff. They worked with us on the payment plan. They were incredible. Absolute love to them. They were, they were a big, big help. Here's one. Nick Saracini. Yeah. Uh, Shall we end this on a sad note? Our crew is down one man. Nick Saracini is a good friend of ours. He was in the band Exit 4. He's a great musician. He helped out with a lot of the merchandise stuff at the last minute when we were trying to get designs done. He found merch people for us. He threw in money. He threw in money. Nick Saracini put his bus bunk money in because he was going to be on the tour. And uh, due to a work crisis... I will be honest. He got completely, absolutely raped, fucked, screwed fucked. by the company that he is with, uh, where one person at the company did him incredibly dirty. He was devastated. Nick, on 48-hour notice, I believe, said, I can't go. Yeah. Plane ticket booked and everything. He lost hundreds of dollars. lost over 1000 bucks 
between the plane ticket and That's the money that he put in That's for the bunk sense. could not go. He was going to be our social media guy. And even though I believe we did a great job did of social well. media for us because we're terrible at it. We said we got to do good. We got to do good. We did very well. It would have been even better if Nick was there. Hell yeah. Along with teching, he was going to run the social media campaign. So um, he was sorely missed. I missed him every single day. His pass was printed. We had his pass. Oh, Tyler Tyler used Tyler his pass. Tyler became yeah. Nick. Tyler's pass, right? So, um, That'll be one regret I have is not having a, a pass for Tyler. made for Tyler. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. That would have been nice. Yeah. I, they just, they, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. just they can't do it for three shows. You know? Yeah, I know. It's all um, good. Uh, but he still kept the fucker. He took Nick's pass. Yeah. He's like, I'm keeping this, you know? And he kind of As he weird, should. Yeah, just from the face, if you put glasses on him, he can kind of squint <laughs> enough to look like him. Nick was sort I'm sorry to steal yeah. your past, Nick. Nick, Nick was sorry, West. I want to thank all the Fresh Talk listeners, Dan. Hell yeah. You have the special badge every night that you would give out. If you are a hardcore Fresh Talk listener. I'm wearing it right now. He's wearing it right now. My dad wears it proudly literally every day. I love um, your dad. <laughs> if, uh, if you are a Fresh Talk listener and you didn't come to the shows and you are a listener and you want one of the pledge pins, you want one of the secret identity decoder pins that Dan has made that mm-hmm. he gave out to only listeners, multiple people were denied Fresh Talk pins. Because we're like, you don't listen. Oh, dude, it's a dope pin. Fuck off. You have to listen to this <laughs> You don't bitch. know the code word, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Dan, um, they can contact you, I assume, via Twitter. We we have a plan for how we're going to get those out. Because we got some Americans that are like, where's my decoder pin? You know, I listen every week. I want my pin. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. So uh, thank you to all our Fresh Talking listeners. Multiple people came up. I did not know listened to this podcast. Yeah. I don't know all of you by name, but multiple people came up and referenced it, told stories Which about it. Which makes sense, because I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I never write them. They don't know. I exist. And, and they said they said they liked it. They liked the story. They like how we do it. I mean, it's certainly we want to make this friendly. We want to feel like you're part of the conversation. Obviously, we're doing this live thing now. People can occasionally get lucky. Yeah, yeah if you get lucky. see it live. But thank you for listening to this. Um, and I want to thank everybody that went to this tour. If you bought a ticket to this tour, if you drove to this tour, if you took a train ride, you supported three bands that the industry has basically turned their back on that have to survive on their own. So to have a success like this, to be able to play those venues, to be able to tell people after all these years, these bands, I'm not even speaking for us. This was just a great anniversary thing. But for a Bowling for Soup to still kick ass and be relevant and do big numbers, bigger numbers than bands that are currently on the cover of Kerrang, that is true. Won't name any bands, but they need that respect. They deserve that respect, and you're part of that, of, of, of keeping that machine going for bands like Bowling for Soup and the Aquabats, and to a lesser extent, us. So I want to thank all those people. Anybody else, guys, I'm, I'm sorry if I forgot you and you did anything wonderful for this tour. I tried to get the, the main people, but so many people were there for us, and yeah. so many people were supportive. I want to I give a quick shout-out uh, to Maisie Williams, yeah, <laughs> who we saw leaving London the night, the day after the Brixton show. Aaron show. caught it. He was he the only one to notice who it was and i looked and i was like oh my god that is we amazing went over, we got a picture with her and of course we got uh we guys we played in front of thousands of people we played nine shows we were at arenas we had a 20th anniversary and you know what single piece of social media got more love than any other one <laughs> that fucking picture right there you meet Arya stark and everybody wanks off you spend all this time emoting and expressing and spending money and energy and missing days off at work nobody gives two goddamn shits you bump into a celebrity at an airport suddenly you get freaking a thousand likes it's it's the world yeah, it's we amazing. live in, Spoon. You, you don't it's amazing. bump into that celebrity unless you're rocking those shows. That is true. true. So that is true. You know, 
I'm going to do a shout out to Contenders Clothing that sent over a couple t-shirts. Oh, nice. Yes, that was very nice of them to support. Um, locally, who's kind of helping us out locally? I mean, uh, Quick Printing Plus, printing up those uh, posters last is minute. still Kevin there? Yeah, still Kevin. They were always good to us. Um, hey, uh, Archive Studios for letting us do our practice sessions there. Yep. That was obviously very helpful to them. That's John and Willie, of course, yeah. helping us out. If you ever want to record, Archive Studios is the place to do it. Archive um, with a K. Ernie Ball for still giving us strings after all these years. Thank you, Ernie Ball. Since 2001. Everybody that let us uh, borrow gear, which, oh my God, as sirens fail. Fall. Fall, fuck. I you, failed. You did fail. No, you failed didn't. to no. mention as sirens you fall. You did not fail. <laughs> You're saying it right now. You're yes. Good. Yes. Those good, guys, good That's a good those catch. guys let us use their wirelesses. Yeah. They, 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 they hook that up. And even better, the rock boxes. Yep. Those great little boxes, they call them ego boxes, that guys like me live off of. It was the <laughs> best. And in several situations, as much as people are like, well, do you need those? Well, on some of those stages where there was no room, yeah. I could at least put down a box and say, okay, I can get the kick drum out of my butt for two minutes and stand right here. Those guys were great. They came to shows. They did. Always great to see them. Um, a lot of the uh, bands that we've played with in the past that have come out to support. Anybody that promoted the tour online, James Bourne was kind enough to say some nice things that about the tour. That was awesome. Brandon from Weedus was kind enough to say some nice things about the tour. We There's just so many people. I know I only touched the surface, but those are definitely a lot of people that we wanted to send a big shout out to. All the bands, all the crew, everybody that was so instrumental and helping us. I mean, oh my God, our, our buddy John, who helped us out with every night doing great stuff with all the lighting rigs and everything. Yeah. He was incredible. He helped me out prior to the tour. Oh, um, he was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, just everybody, everybody at Primary Talent, our agency that doesn't know who we are, um, you know, just we want to thank everybody. I mean, just so great. Anybody that came out and reviewed the show and said nice things. The guy that took the amazing picture of us in air that got yeah. all that social media. Yeah, yeah, love. that was amazing. Yeah, so... Guys, boom! Give me really quick. Get happy tour for you. Our 20th anniversary in the UK. Dan, what are your final thoughts? It was unbelievable. It was absolutely incredible to be able to go over there and do that after as long as we've been playing, after as long as we had a break, and do it with the people we did it with. But going for Soup, the Aquabats on the Get Happy Tour was unbelievable. When I was able to get back and, you know, get back to my desk job and show off some pictures of, to my coworkers, they were like, wait, is that is that all of you is that your band all of you jumping in the air and i was like yeah me and our closest four thousand friends <laughs> yeah like it was kind of a it was kind of a rock star moment to come home to like it's kind of cool life yeah. is life is it back to normal to but. Talk to, yeah talk to people uh at the the, the fitness gym that i teach at yeah. they just wanted stories and stories and stories i and still stories haven't and talked to a ton of people about the tour because i just I can't. I'm so weird. Like, I can't connect in you've that got way. the girlfriend now, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. nobody sees <laughs> <the> <laughs> <abuse>. <laughs> I guess that's true. Oh, and uh, wrap it up for, for your experience. It, briefly, it was what it, super <laughs> special to have my son there and to have him experience his basically his entire upbringing and, and see it for real and not just be told about it. That's number one. Number two was just to be with my friends again and rekindle that time from you know from yeah. from forever ago and feel all those feelings again and rock all those shows and and, it, and actually we rehearsed and planned and prepped and we slaughtered the shows yeah. musically thank which god we did thank god no we, one got sick we but, but we didn't let ourselves down as musicians no. or as a band because a lot of bands do what we'll try and do what we try and do and it's just not as good and i felt on par 
older people but I felt on par with our show I would yeah, people said we were better than 10 years ago yeah. I mean we improved we, we were still <laughs> physically able to run around and not pass out yeah yeah I, I don't want to come up and cut anybody off here but I really gotta be can we wrap <laughs> yeah, this up yeah. cool. uh, I'm yeah. looking over at the little screen and it's like two hours yeah we're, pro- we're pushing oh two hours God. on this well we have to this is I know big, this is I big. know so um, I will re- chime in I agree with everything you guys say Um, there was it was it was great to be with you guys again and play music again and play shows of that stature and there were no issues those are things I love I love hanging out with you guys I love playing music it's something I've done with the majority of my life I love playing freaking big shows I just like it it works for me it's something that just, we've been in army of freshmen longer than we haven't yeah that's crazy and, and that's that is crazy it's crazy and true so it's <laughs> awesome Um, thank you to everyone who supported the tour thank you for supporting us and uh, it was it was a dream come true that's how I wanted to spend my 20th yes. anniversary I want to get happy again I wanted to be with soup I wanted to play big ass shows and I got to do it and I, all the people that I wanted to be there all our friends for the most part were there all the kick drums yes all the kick drums um, I will say this the main question that we've gotten is what's next <laughs> what's next what are you doing next what's happening next I will tell you this for our listeners um, we can guarantee you we'll be playing a show in the Ventura area later this year probably in the fall to celebrate our 20th anniversary <laughs> I feel I hear this at the same time for the listeners yeah there you go <laughs> we talked about it 75 times Buse didn't pick up on it once but, um, that will be happening we will be doing a proper 20th anniversary show um, later this year date to be TBA not for quite a while it'll probably be after the summer but we're going to be doing a big local show because we have so many friends and family here yep. that really want to come see us that haven't seen us in a long time so we will be doing another show this year for sure the phone is always open for anybody to call there may be more opportunities I did have a meeting with our agent in uh, LA uh, two days ago and there are plans for something next year long time away but there could be something in the near future I can't say what I can't say where I can't say when it ain't happening right now but at least there is talks of more army of freshmen stuff so for those of you that think they're done forever you can't kill us we're like the fucking terminator we always show up when you least expect it Kayla will learn about it first yeah this time we'll tell her first but again the only thing I can tell you that's definitely happened is that big anniversary show but damn we got some interesting things coming with Fresh Talk we do we got things coming with the merchandise store we got things coming with the tons of posts of different reviews and stuff so it's going to be a very busy year the 20 for 20 video series rages on it continues there will be more information about our big 20th anniversary show in California later this year thank you to everyone thank you to listening to the longest episode of Fresh Talk but we needed to do it we, we had to recap the get happy uh Oh, and thank you for joining us. Yeah. It was a uh, pleasure having you. for crashing the show. Especially with this episode to really yeah, yeah. go over things. Owen, oh, you are our guest. Please, if you will, let the listener... Take us out. Take us out. Uh, enjoy your burrito. That's Chris Hardwick's oh, show. Oh, yeah, sorry. What, what's, what's one? We've what's only one? done this show 140 <laughs> fucking times. You've guessed it on it multiple times, and you don't know the uh, goddamn tagline. I don't. If that doesn't sum up all of the freshmen, in one sentence. I was too busy memorizing lyrics and things. I don't know. There's always excuses. I was too busy paying bills. Abuse. I, I don't know what it is. Cue the bossa nova. Oh, okay. Cue the bossa nova. <laughs> Enjoy a burrito. Enjoy your burrito. Damn, take that pee because I may have to. Dude, I got to go so bad.